Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas for $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Are you the type of person who loves to treat yourself? You know, sometimes you just want to buy yourself a coffee, a fancy coffee. Sometimes you want to get a little extra legroom on the plane. You know what I mean? So if you ever treat yourself to the top options, other places like that, then why are we settling when we're finding a doctor? I know it's easy to fall into that rut, but your health is so important. Enter ZocTalk. ZocTalk is a place where you can find and book tens of thousands of top tier doctors, all with verified patient reviews. ZocTalk is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and instantly book appointments with them online. There's no more waiting awkwardly on hold with a receptionist. You know we hate that. And these doctors all have verified reviews from actual real patients. You can filter specifically for ones who take your insurance, which is so helpful. You can see who's located near you and who's available and who can treat basically any condition you're searching for. Plus, a typical wait time to see a doctor booked on ZocDoc is between just 24 to 72 hours. That's it. You can even score same-day appointments. When I moved to LA years ago, I discovered ZocDoc because I was so tired of having to call all these different offices and wait. It took hours sometimes to figure out which doctor in town could help me and which one took my insurance, but not anymore with ZocDoc. I was able to find everything from a psychiatrist to a GI doctor, and I did that all through ZocDoc. And the app has only gotten better over time. I still use it. I still love it. I always recommend it to people, whether you have phone anxiety like me or not. It couldn't get easier to find a doctor with ZocDoc. Go to ZocDoc.com slash drink and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash drink. ZocDoc dot com slash drink. Hello, everyone. Hello, we everyone. We are a week into our 2019 tour as of when this airs, not officially right now as it airs tomorrow's our conception yes correct good for us and we've just spent five days on the road so we probably want to strangle each other probably so at least one of us does that's good who is it is the real fun game real mystery it's eva she wants to strangle both of us (laughs) she's got her tiny little hands on both of our necks please just be quiet for one second i'm so over it uh that's all we just wanted to give you an update that's it bye we yeah Hopefully we're doing well. Hopefully people have laughed on all uh, at all of our shows. Hopefully we haven't been booed. Hopefully we haven't Hopefully been I haven't booed. been booed. Hopefully I don't really we care haven't. about you. <laughs> what else is new? Hopefully we're getting more than five hours of sleep a night. No promises. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Knock on wood. Um, and yeah, we have a bunch of other shows coming up soon. So if you guys didn't make it to our shows this week, uh, we have a bunch of this as of this week that this comes out we're leaving and we get home and then 48 hours later nope like 30 hours later we leave for phoenix yeah we're literally home to take a nap we well, literally fly all the way back to la to take a nap <laughs> and I then we leave really again. know why i did that but it's okay oh yeah we have a day we're home. gonna give allison and blaze a, a high five a and a smooch. hug and, and then and then waltz right back out of their lives give them a temporary smooch everyone loves it leave them guessing <laughs> <laughs> And then we'll be in New Jersey next week. We have actually uh, quite a few tickets left for like New Jersey, Brooklyn next week. Um, and we still have some tickets as of right now for Boston. So go look at our and the toydrink.com slash live. 
Ooh, that is, that's a hard pill to swallow. Making me sweat. Making me sweat. All those times I got to be on a stage. My goodness. I know. I'm trying not to think about it. Ooh. But, uh, yeah, so we're happy. We're still here in LA. We're still here. Naive. You made it so far. Pre-tour little naive angels. Right, right. We have no idea. Just drinking wine. Um, all right, so... I do. I have one thing to say because yeah? I know. So we did just record last episode before this, just to give oh. you a little peek behind the scenes. Sure. So we kind of talked a lot about things before last episode, but I do have one or two things to say. Okay. Um. So you know how you friend proposed to me? Yeah. I wanted to throw out a couple hashtags that people have proposed, quote unquote, <laughs> wink wink. Got it. For uh, for our hashtag, and we have plenty of time. Sure. But I think we should start no pressure. thinking about I it. I mean, this is a, this is the first step into planning, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. I mean, that's everyone's first step, right? That was hashtag. mine. Yeah. Hashtag. Okay. So, so mine was Christine gets blazed with when Blaze and I got married. Mm-hmm. That's old news, though. Right, right, right. So some that we've seen that I've seen are Christine gets engaged. Love it. Love it. Christine gets frem chipped. <laughs> and then one that I considered using for... Uh, our wedding and then it didn't really fly so we just went with christine gets blazed is and that's why we wed which is still one of my favorites i think that's just like i don't i don't hate any of those perfect um so those are some fun ones so let's see what other people come up with because it took me a while to come i like engaged i like my name being involved engaged is cute because i'm a narcissist but i also like and that's why we wed we're probably the only two that really get to like use that and have several meanings exactly and that's why we wed is really cute so Anyway, those I are... guess if it's about us, it should be, and that's why we wed. But yeah. if it's about me, because I'm the I'm the groom, yeah, then it could be engaged. Your yeah. name's still in there, but still on the nose of we you could, and Blaze. You know what we could do? Yeah, it's still a little too like we could do multiple hashtags. Well, what I'm I was thinking is instead of multiple, because that's how that other one got kind of like pushed out of mine. Is Christine gets engaged is like the name of the event? Okay, and then and that's and, a hashtag, and that's why we wed. Yeah, for sure. You know? Yeah. Like the event title. I love a good event title. Like (laughs) wedding isn't enough. (laughs) It's like, let's just redo it. (laughs) But also engaged is different from the actual wedding. How about, yeah, this is our engagement. wedding This is our engagement. Correct. This is Christine's engagement. Christine engagement. So up in, so currently we're engaged or Christine gets engaged, but then on the day of the wedding, it'll be, and that's why we wed. Now every single person wants to strangle us with their hands. (laughs) <laughs> at first it was just eva now everyone's like yep let me in everyone's on that. like move away eva i'll Ooh, get her let me grab <laughs> i'll get christine let me grab her throat <laughs> i'm tired of her being the bride so currently christine is engaged yes and then on the day which we have not decided a day yet yes uh it will be and that's why we went i kind of like that i think that's pretty uh, i like it too yeah i like so it so thank you a couple of people proposed that so i don't propose oh it's so good um so thank you guys for your for your contribution yeah, I like a it. Big day. I'm I'm very stoked. Anyway, so that's my. Uh, we have to figure out a cake. I've oh, always wanted that to be the first. That thing. was my second step, actually. I <gasps> did hashtag, and then my mom was like, "Okay, I already booked us a cake tasting," and then she just stepped out of the planning. She's like, "I just want to taste the cakes," and then just wait. Is she telling the truth? What? Yeah, she peaced out. She wanted to eat the cake, and then she didn't do anything <laughs> else. And I was like, "Okay, I'm not surprised." I love it. I sort of loved it, but not really. Oh, I loved it. <laughs> I yeah. loved it for you. Okay, well, good. Um, All cake right. is very important. We should just have, like, one big cake party and everyone can be involved on the cake. Sure. sure. Who's everyone? Just you and me, right? Sure. Come on. We don't want to share a cake with everybody. I mean, I don't want to share my cake with you either. I, I know. Just so why cake. add more? You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're Gio right. Gio can right. be there, but no chocolate for him. Should we have a cake shaped like Gio? 
Just wondering. Yes, write that down. Okay. Eva? Eva? Write that down. Eva, learn to carve a dog-shaped cake. Correct. Write it down. Okay. <sighs> Good to know. Anyway, so that's all I have. What's going to be our dance? Obviously, Pony. <laughs> yes! Obviously! <laughs> or, like, our theme song. I mean, oh my God. we're probably the only married couple that has a theme song. We might as well go... Clink! <laughs> So romantic. Got it. My pony. Saddle up. My saddle's waiting. That'll be our honeymoon song. Oh my god. Where are we going on our honeymoon? That's a good question. That's step three. Mm. These are the most important steps. All right. I'm I'm thinking like escape room marathon. Okay. Okay. Something along those lines. Maybe an ice cream bar. A boozy ice cream bar. A boozy ice cream bar. Okay, I could get down with that. I mean, we'll we'll talk about it. We'll, or maybe like somewhere super haunted where we can just like <gasps> go like hang out, drink, eat ice cream, and like hunt ghosts. Okay. I mean, let's do that. I mean, Eva wrote that down. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Let's do that. Okay, Eva wrote that down. Okay, okay, okay. Good. Perfect. Good to know. Good to know. All right. Where were we? Oh, yes. I had y'all on the edge of your seats is where we left off. And me. Um, oh, wait. I'm not done yet. You want to know why I drink this week? Yes. We never play that game anymore. I know. I actually um, had one for me, too, but I didn't want to like... Oh, why do you drink? You go first. No, why do you Because I've been talking this whole time. You go first. Yeah, chatterbox. I drink because I recently framed a picture of me and my mom at her wedding... I just framed it. We did a whole like picture collage thing on my wall in my apartment. It's really cute. I saw it. And thank you. And so one of the pictures is me and my mom at her wedding. And I went to go get it printed at FedEx and someone saw a picture of me in a tux and my mom in a wedding dress and looked at the picture and went, Oh, congratulations. <laughs> Stop it, um <laughs> And then and next, and next to Allison, so Allison saw this happen, oh, and no. Allison was the dead ringer to give it away because no. I literally looked that woman dead in the eyes, and I was like, "Thank you," and like just wanted it to be Stop done with. It, um... And Allison started laughing, and then the woman looked at me, and then back at the picture, and was like, "She is your, she's your, she's no, your... don't say it." And then I was like, "No, this one right here," and I was pointing at Allison. I was like, no. "She's mine. She's mine. She's mine." And she looked confused because I still hadn't given her any explanation. Like who that is? I was like, that's my mom. <laughs> so, you know that lady is telling that story right now on Reddit or somewhere. Like Somewhere. I did something embarrassing. She was like, she felt so bad. And I was like, it's really not a big deal. I was like, all you did is just flatter my mom. Her ears are ringing oh, somewhere. absolutely. That she looks like she's in her 20s getting married for the first time. I will just tell millions of people about this on my show. Don't worry about it. Anyway. Ugh. That's why I drink. Why do you drink? I drink. I mean, mine's not as funny at all. My mom also got engaged, apparently, is what happened there. <laughs> Everyone's get- No, that's my thing. <laughs> Everyone's getting engaged. All right, what's- why do you drink? Oh, my thing is just that um, I am changing some of my medications. Uh-oh. My- you okay? Yeah, yeah. My- I'm-, I'm altering my-, my meds, my antidepressants, changing things around, and I feel like I'm in a very good place now. And so I'm trying oh, to Oh, a good be- reason why you drink. Yeah, I think so. And I'm trying to be more transparent about it. Because I feel like it's important. And I talked to my stepmom recently. And she was like, you've been on antidepressants? And I was like, yeah. And like, I, we had just never talked about it. Right. And so I was like, maybe I need to be more transparent about things like that. So, yeah. So I've been working on changing my meds around a little bit. And I feel a lot better than I used to. So, Yeah. my I recently told my dad. I didn't like come out that I'm on antidepressants. But I recently like brought it Are up. Are you? What? You're on antidepressants? Well, I'm on Lexapro. So I'm anti- anti-anxiety. Yeah. I didn't know that. 
What is wrong with? I feel like I've, I need don't to start know. opening I my don't mouth. think we've ever even talked about that, have we? Well, because I'm. It's because it's overshadowed by the propranolol I'm always talking about. Okay. But yeah, I, do, I have Lexapro and I propranolol. Okay. But I brought it up to my dad, and he was like, he didn't even know I was on propranolol, and I've like, meanwhile, I'm like shouting it from the rooftops. It's like yeah, the yeah. greatest thing on earth for me. And he was like, I didn't know you were using anything, and I was like, well, yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's weird I think, how you, yeah. it's weird how it's always in involved in your personal life but then you announce it and people don't know talking about something we were doing a facebook live or something and i said i said like oh yeah well i I took a xanax yesterday or some or i took a xanax that's why i'm kind of like i was having a bad (laughs) morning or something (laughs) and like we talked about it and then later like i had forgotten that my mom was in the facebook live and she was like so uh you were on xanax and i was like yeah sometimes i take it if i'm having like a really rough morning and she was like okay and i just feel like it's such a different thing for like people of our parents' generation. Like it's just not a thing you talk about. And so I'm just learning that my parents are very like taken aback when I like talk openly about it. It is definitely a generational thing because I think maybe it's just as a millennial. And also I think what was the, it's like by next year, depression is going to be like the biggest Mm. like mental illness that like everyone our generation has. It's like just kind of a so common thread these days. Yeah. And I've noticed that without even thinking, I'll just mention yeah, that I'm not, on medication and people don't care. It's not as taboo as it might be. And then for... the second I'm talking to adults, they have this weird look like that I'm giving them too much personal it's information. It's like you're saying what birth control, like, oh, I use condoms with my, like, it's like right. you're saying something like personal. They act like it's like way too personal and right. they don't know me well enough for me to be addressing it. Right, right, but right. But it, when I talk to people my age, it's like not even it's something It's like, oh, me think. too. <laughs> it's like, okay, well, how do you feel about that? Because like, I'm trying to change mine. Big surprise everyone is, right? Like, I just feel like. The it, real surprise is when people aren't on antidepressants to me i'm like oh wow you're really you're really doing you it got it together oh, natural. Wow, wow. good for you oh, natural. <laughs> yeah so anyway that's one that's why i drink this week because i well i'm proud fin- of you thank you i finally got my shit together and went and got the guts to figure it out so i'm very happy about it oh good let's, let's see how i worry i'm in a month but i'm about to now. go tour with you so if all of a sudden <laughs> yeah. you like lose it your was, mind well it was the tour where i was like i was talking to my therapist and i was like oh she's like maybe you should figure this out before you leave was it like just a dosage or did you change brands like total different medications oh cool so we'll see what happens do you feel comfortable about saying a week. it or no yeah i've changed i'm on wellbutrin now i was on zoloft i learned my zoloft and i way up to my wellbutrin and i'm still on clonfin as needed <laughs> blessed for clonopin yeah and people always kind of panic about that but i don't take it and drink because i talk about a lot about drinking and then people are like don't drink on it and i'm like (laughs) i'm married to a pa i know not to drink on it don't worry right 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 um but yeah anyway so i changed meds and my therapist was like you should probably figure that before you leave maybe for the four months and i was like fine right before like i'm like the next murder victim in (laughs) one of your stories (laughs) before i'm reading about murder and on the airplane like i said last week and just snap yeah well, good. I'm happy anyway, you're happy. Thank you. I'm happy that currently you're... I am ship shape, I think. I'm just so excited to learn more about time travel. Sorry I just went off like the deep end with that conversation. Oh no, I mean it sometimes it's it's gotta get educational. Also, in case anyone's wondering, I'm a big believer in HTP five. Have you used that before? Um Blaze was telling me about it yesterday. A lot of people say it's just a placebo thing, but That's if what it Blaise is told me yesterday. if it is, I don't care. I think I feel like it works more than my other medications sometimes. For anxiety? Yeah, no, for depression. Oh, I see. I used to take St. John's Wort for anxiety, but then it interfered with my birth control. If it's if it's a placebo, it's an effective one. Which I honestly am like, why not? If it's a placebo, even better. Then it's not doing anything, and it's like if you it's feel make, better. If it's just making me feel good, it's the it's as much as like Lexapro does a lot. I'm not right. I'm not crapping on Lexapro, but 
but uh htp5 i is a noticeable noticeable difference for me and like my big version my big symptom for depression i never i'm very lucky that i don't have to deal with um really any negative thoughts yeah it's it's very much a a lack of motivation to do anything at right. all um all the way to like going downstairs just to grab the mail like right. like it's impossible for Same. me and so when I take HTP5, I'm able to do everything and not even oh, think about it. Well, it's very maybe, weird. Maybe it wasn't. I don't remember what it was. Blaze was talking about something that people always steal from the pharmacy. That's probably it. <laughs> maybe not. That's probably it. It is, it is very well known as like a fake drug, but oh. whatever. I'm still going to keep using <laughs> it. Was it was at Kroger or at whatever it is here at Ralph's, and it was behind like a glass case. And I was like, why is that back there? And he's like, I don't know. People always steal it because they think it's going to like save them or something their, but like it's one of the most stolen oh weird vitamins or whatever anyway it was back there with like benadryl and like oh like robitussin and all, ro- that? all the co- it was like benadryl and then like all the purple syrups. drink all the ingredients all the, for purple drink literally we <laughs> talked about purple drink for maybe 45 minutes each. <laughs> codeine right. on codeine on codeine <laughs> all right well wait can i say one thing yeah when i get for my for christmas i gave my sister a boba tea kit because she loves boba tea so yeah. i gave her like make your own boba tea at home oh nice and it was super fun and she made one and she brought one in and it was did she a, call it purple drink Allie alexander me and blaze and she's like look i made purple drink oh I, I no call, i call it purple drink and we just like spit our drinks out we were like what <laughs> and it's so sweet she just has no idea and blaze wasn't paying attention so then i said no she has no idea so then i said oh what's in purple drink and blaze hadn't been paying attention so he turns to me and he goes codeine and sprite and i was like <laughs> No, I'm talking. Shut it's like, up. Uh, you're not wrong, but you're not right either. I was like, keep your mouth shut. I'm asking my sister what's in her purple boba tea. She's like, it's just, it's She's just like, purple. It's purple drink. And I was like, oh boy. So precious. I was like, please don't take that to school and call it that. Yeah, call it something else. Call it violet drink. Call it beautiful. Call it lavender. Unicorn frappuccino. That's what that's yeah. there for. Yes. <laughs> anyway, purple drink. Go on. Whew. Oh my goodness. So we could talk this about is that like forever couldn't the we olden days i know spiraling out of control sorry eva so uh one of our um one of the things i was saying is that i you guys were on the edge of your seats a while ago until you probably gave up because we tangent everywhere gently we just totally ignored spiraled. you <laughs> just we just said blah, 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 left blah, blah, you blah. in the dust so um i was keeping you on the edge of your seats maybe for some of you who are listening to this week by week you have really just been dying to hear what comes next or they're like i have no memory that was seven days ago right um so if you would like to travel back in time hint hint wink wink oh nudge God, nudge so elbow elbow clever um we are talking about project pegasus um and that it's my first two-part series uh of an episode this two is episode series legendary i like to think so it's the first of the podcast ever so uh please go back and listen to that episode because a lot of this information is not going to make sense if you did not hear that episode true so if you're um, going backwards this is where you're fucked right <laughs> exactly and uh so i'm warning you now please go like even if you're trying to adamantly listen to them in a row backwards to prove something to someone you have to go listen to 102 before you listen to this episode. okay um and i would love to sit here and try to give you a quick cliff notes about there's no such thing there's no such thing it's too much information <laughs> i'm so glad we recorded these back to back because i would not remember a i thing. am too but that's why so at one point we were thinking like oh well we can when i told you like oh maybe we'll move the episodes yes, i was yeah. like no we can't. can't do it can't do it <laughs> i was like i can't tell you why but we can't separate these it's two episodes happening <laughs> okay so um please go enjoy episode 102 Ready. and we'll wait for you right here and um get back to us elevator music 
Did you listen to it? Did you have a good time? I'm just going to say yeah, because if they if if I hear otherwise, I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> okay. Well, if you enjoyed the first one, let's move on. Okay. You know when you've got the holidays, the new year, and then all of a sudden it's sort of back to the grind? Especially if you run a small business, it can be really hard to get back into the swing of things. But Stamps.com is here to make that a little bit easier for you. Stamps.com streamlines all your mailing and shipping to turbocharge your operational efficiencies. For 25 years now, Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses. Whether they're mailing out checks, invoices, legal documents, books, podcast branded koozies, maybe that's just us, or anything else. Get access to to the USPS and UPS mailing services you need to run your business right from your computer anytime, day or night. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. And with rates you can't find anywhere else, like up to, get this, 89% off USPS and UPS, how could you go wrong? We have loved Stamps.com for years, not quite 25, but since we started the podcast, which was 2017, and we could not get by without it. I remember there were days where we didn't have Stamps.com, those I call the dark ages, and I was hand shipping everything and driving it on my lunch break to the post office. It was all very hectic. Stamps.com, I do it straight from my house, and it makes my life a trillion times easier. Keep your mailing and shipping moving at the speed of your business with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code DRINK for a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale no long-term commitments or contracts just go to stamps.com click the microphone at the top of the page and enter code drink daylight saving time is starting up again it may feel like there are more hours in the day but if you're hiring it doesn't necessarily help you find qualified candidates any sooner there's only one way to do that zip recruiter right now you can try it for free at ziprecruiter.com drink ZipRecruiter works around the clock to find qualified candidates for you. Once you post your job on ZipRecruiter, they send it to 100-plus job sites so you reach more of the right people. ZipRecruiter's smart technology also quickly scans thousands of resumes to identify people whose skills and experience match your job. Spring forward with a new hiring partner, ZipRecruiter, and find top talent sooner. See why 4 out of 5 employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash drink. Once again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash drink. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. So we were at, oh yes, the children who have lost legs mm-hmm. and how, I mean, there's... <laughs> People who didn't listen and go like, they're like, <laughs> they're okay, like, fine. They're like, you were right, you were now right. Now I need to go. So children have lost legs. <laughs> um, oh my God. So I'm just going to jump right into a whole other topic. I just wanted to explain the children thing at the end of my story. Sure. Because I knew that was a question people were going to be asking on stop. But so we were at, it started as teleportation and then these, this DARPA program was able to find its way through time travel. All these kids were time traveling and now it's the late or the early 70s still. It's around the early 70s, mid 70s. And I'm trying to figure out how to, like, frame this so that this story kind of makes sense when I'm jumping into it, or this part of the story. I guess the the last thing I talked about that actually is important for this context is that Andrew, our time-traveling main character... The attorney. The attorney at law. Um, wow. He is now finding out that people are... You can go into the future, go back in time to get intelligence and gather materials. So, for example, he... At one point, went to 2045 to uh, get materials that were prepared for him to go pick up where he could bring them back to the 70s and they could look at future events coming up between the 70s and the 2040s. Mm-hmm. So um, there was a big wall to Mexico. Sorry. 
God, you are really... How did you know? A big, gigantic wall. Trump does get mentioned. Mexico paid for it. <clears throat> no wall yet. Maybe. But then again, he did say in 2045, everything's peaceful. I see. So maybe we all knock the wall down together. Yes. Like, maybe. Maybe. Or maybe there's none to begin with. I mean, that's the that's big the fingers I- crossed. That's the ideal, but we'll see. We've got like 20, 30 years to go till we find out. So one of the materials that he picked up and that he brought back to the 70s, um, he brought it in 1971 one of the materials about the future that he brought back to the 70s was footage documentary of 9-11 <gasps> which means Stop in it. 1971 30 years before Stop 9-11 it. if he's telling the truth the government knew about 9-11 30 years in advance could they not stop it i guess that we get there to a whole different thing we get there okay so Oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. Basiago, Andrew Basiago, Mm -hmm. says 9-11 was foreseen by his father, because remember, his father is an associate of the CIA at this point and aware of the stuff his child is going through. Which has been proven that he was related to CIA somehow. Right. Okay. He is somehow related. He's in the CIA database because he has enough clearance, but we don't know how he was involved. Right. Other than being an engineer. Other than what Andrew has said. Right. Yeah. So he says that 9-11 has been well known by his father and other project pegasus participants as early as 1971 agents had footage of september 11th and andrew saw for himself at that facility moving pictures of the attack on the twin towers can you imagine being that person sent to that i know or whatever or i guess if he went to oh i see it was footage from the actual event and then it was when he went to the future he got footage of that future past which is still his presence future yeah, 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 I get yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. You know. Well, la, 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 la. It just makes sense. Hashua, I've, just watched, I've just watched Back to the Future too much that that <laughs> made total sense to me, but probably no one No, else. no, I get it. I get it. So, um, I really should have made a where we're going, we don't need roads pun when I was describing the machine, but it's fine. Someone else will probably tweet about it. We'll make We've had a whole somebody, week for someone to say something. Make a meme. Make a meme. Someone make a meme. Meme it up. God, I can't even. Back to the Future memes about our show, I would lose my fucking mind. Okay. All right. You heard it here first, people. You heard it here. I'll definitely like it and retweet someone it if you'd, a, like my, if you'd like my attention. Someone made an uh, antelope. I saw that one. What is it called? Us as antelope. I forget what it... Oh, because we can't elope. No, no, no. It was something elope, but it was friendelope. Friendelope. The friendelope. Yep. Uh, with our faces on antelopes. I like the one where someone... Uh, photoshopped our faces on Ghostbusters. Oh, that was a with Gio. That was, I that actually kind of like really love that one. That could be a cool poster. Come on, you think I haven't already why, looked into that? Why did we not for- remember to invite Eva here today? <laughs> Eva, right? We're all such of this assholes. Down. I like just didn't even tell Eva to come. Yeah, we really absolutely like texted each other at ten o'clock at night yesterday. Like, we were like so, <laughs> are we even seeing each other? Should Eva come? What's going on? Did we forget to tell Eva, and then we decided that it was too late to force Eva to show up at my house at ten a.m. So. <laughs> we were like, oh well, if we forgot by now, she's fine. <laughs> we'll just wing it. Um, okay. Sorry, so Eva. anyway, back to nine eleven. That's what I like to hear. The happiest things on earth. Mm-hmm. So, um, agents had footage. Basiago himself has seen moving images. I like how he doesn't say videos. He's like moving images. Maybe, yeah. I guess that's what they were called back then. <laughs> moving pictures. <laughs> so old school. Um. Okay. So he saw them at. A, okay. So there. Here's where the details come in. He saw them at the secured Defense Technical Aerojet Corporation facility on the corner of Bullock Avenue and Leroy Place in Socorro, New Mexico. Oh, shit. So he's like, it happened here first. I know where it was. He also says 
by the way, did you see the movie Vice that just came out? No. Okay. So I saw some of it. Some of it. I fell asleep. Um, but <laughs> at the theater, I did. Shit, man. <laughs> Not because it was bad. I don't want anyone thinking it was bad. I just wait. What movie is that? So it's about Dick Cheney and all the stuff that was actually happening behind the scenes. <laughs> you fell asleep during it. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> You would. I'm you sorry. totally would. I'm sorry. That's hilarious. It was a good movie from what I saw. But um, oh my god. But okay. so to be fair, the parts I did see is about the behind the scenes of what Dick Cheney knew and how he basically manipulated the entire system and was in charge of a lot more than he needed to be, and he took advantage of people. And even though the vice president, he said at one point when he was younger and just finally like starting to get his foot in the door at the White House. Mm-hmm. He was saying that the vice president doesn't actually do anything and he became like the most like influential. Yeah. Yeah. Like he like created so many jobs for himself because he was able to talk his way into it and stuff like that. But he also knew some really fucked up things and he allowed them to happen and even like was the one who pulled the trigger on some things. And his advisor when he first started as an intern was Donald Rumsfeld. Oh, okay. Played by Steve Carell, by the way. Lol. LOL. It was very hard to watch him in that role. Yeah, I would imagine. I just so. think of Michael Scott in Congress. I was <laughs> it's say, a nightmare. Michael Scarn is here. <laughs> Threat, Threat level, level midnight. midnight. <laughs> so um, anyway, I say all that basically, and also Donald Rumsfeld because he was Dick Cheney was the intern to Donald Rumsfeld, and right. Donald Rumsfeld taught him all these kind of fucked up ways to handle things, and um, was very good at being a master manipulator and kind of knowing how to beat the system or. Even if something really bad is going on behind the scenes, sometimes you just got to let it ride out. Right. Or like He was just very sneaky. Yeah. That being said, Basiago says uh, he saw this footage of 9-11 in 1971 at the Aerojet Corporation. He also says that at that time, Donald Rumsfeld was the liaison between Project Pegasus and the Pentagon. Ooh, interesting. So he was very aware back in the 70s that one, Project Pegasus existed. Mm -hmm. Two, he was the liaison between that and the Pentagon. And he had information that he knew about 30 years in advance about 9-11 and 9-11 still happened. (sighs) Okay. So That's a, a big pill to swallow. Okay. So Rumsfeld not only knew about the attacks 30 years in advance... But he was the defense attache for Project Pegasus, and he was also a counselor at that time to Nixon. Okay. So, like, he could have easily gone to Nixon and said, this is going to happen. Let's make some moves right. so we can avoid this. If this is... If this, if is, this real. is real. If just, this is real. Just not to... This is all a legend. Right. Um, so, he... Basically, Rumsfeld knew about it, and by the time 9-11 actually happened, on 9-11... Donald Rumsfeld had moved up the ladder and was the Secretary of Defense that day, the day of 9-11. Oh, okay. So he knew about, allegedly, knew about 9-11 at a time where he could have, he definitely had connections to address it to someone or tell someone. And even if he did tell someone, it could have, someone else could have decided not to do anything. Right. And how, what do you say? Like, oh, how how many people can you be like, oh, I knew there was a time travel, like. Right. You only can only tell like cleared, classified people and. But so for someone who, I mean, they literally, it's in, it's in the movie theaters right now, a whole documentary about how he was really sneaky and knew a whole lot and mm. still made some bad calls on purpose. Then I happened to do this story and I was like, hmm. So I'm, I'm a little primed to think I he's see. guilty, okay. but no one else has to be. It's just because I, it just, I just saw this movie of him. Part of the movie. Part of the movie. <laughs> just kidding. I only it's, saw the parts where he was a, a dirty, me. dirty guy. No. It's funny to me. Where did um, you see that? Uh, when it I was with Allison in the Poconos. Okay. I was like, this doesn't seem like something you would go see. 
on your own. Nope. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, but yeah, so he, by the time 9-11 happened, he was a secretary of okay. defense where he like, absolutely, if this is real, he definitely knew about it. And he was the one in charge on the day he, the where it happened. The highest possible clearance. Okay. Although, to answer your question about could they have done something about it 30 years in advance, the understanding of Project Pegasus from the, its conception was that Project Pegasus officials were only time traveling to learn that, information about the future, and it was not their responsibility to play God that's and change everything. That's what I was wondering. I was like, I bet you there's some rule where you can't fuck with it. So they made a rule, who knows if who follows it, but right. the understanding is that you are not to play God, and not just because... Not just because you shouldn't, but also because it actually makes things worse for you in the future. Because like the ripple to, effect. Yeah. So to change one effect or to change one event means changing all other events, but because they only have enough materials telling them what shows up in the future, um, if you change one thing, all that other information could be wrong. Right. Because you could just skew everything that else yeah. happened before. So to change one I event see. means having less information about other future so events. So your hands are essentially tied. tied. Yeah. It's okay. like you could stop 9-11, but either you could create much worse things in the future, or even if you stop 9-11 and nothing bad happens, you still don't know what direction the what world's going effect that has and you'd have to do a whole other time travel to go get new information about the new world you sure. created and so so that must be hard to go to the future and be like knowing know what's coming do anything like if you are to try to save the world you'll create a paradox Yikes. where there's even less knowledge about the future's future oh god okay this so it's like real movie territory yeah so seeing 9-11 happen after 30 years of thinking it might not happen because he remembers seeing it and then he was like oh Maybe I was wrong. Maybe I, maybe that's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. But then when he actually saw 9-11 happen 30 Wait, years... this is... This is Basiago. Oh, sorry. Oh. So, I was like, oh my God, he so, admitted it? Okay. So Andrew Basiago, after he saw it back yeah. in 71, he remembers seeing the pictures and kind of thought like, oh, well, who knows? Like, maybe they did play God and maybe they did change it. And I don't know what actually ended up going through with that case and blah, blah, blah. Well, the 9-11 came and he actually saw what happened. Huh. And that was his, that was his trigger moment. Wow. To release a public affidavit about Project Pegasus in 2012. Oh my god, and so he, that was the moment. And he released it on the anniversary, the first anniversary of 9-11. Holy shit. So he had talked about it before. Since 2004, he's been announcing that he was part of this. But when he, to put out all the details to sign an affidavit and like really give as much info as he could, that was after seeing 9-11 and realizing, okay, people have to know about this. Right. Time to like get my butt into action. Right. And that was in that same document He is when he said, I know as a lawyer, if they ever find out that what I'm saying isn't true or if someone wants to challenge me on it and I can't prove it, then I am risking getting disbarred and ending my professional career. And he was like, I'm willing to do that for people to so know. So that's really interesting that he, he waited for something as big as 9-11 to be like, it's worth my career to, yeah. to try he was and like, be open. I, I know this is happening. And honest about this. Yeah. And that was, how old was he at that point? I mean, he was... Uh, I don't know. He was, well, he was six and 68. So he was born in 62. So <laughs> Don't even look at me. So if he was born 62, he's my mom. He's my mom's age, so he's 56, or he just turned 57? Sure. He's about to turn 57. Okay. Sorry, mom. I mean, 37. I mean, 37. I, I was mean, going to say, my mom was born... Never mind. I mean, <laughs> he's about to turn 29 for the 30th time. Um... <laughs> 
So, okay. You already said you are marrying her because... <laughs> I mean, I'm already marrying her because I just... She looks so young for her age. The FedEx person already thinks you're engaged. Right. M-gaged. There was no airbrushing involved. <laughs> we just look exactly the same age. So. It's <laughs> really dragging my mom. I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh. No comment. Linda, I love you. I didn't do anything. Mom, you're so pretty. I love you. Oh, I would love to marry you. You look like you're 29. Um, I would love to marry you. It's you're a shame you're already creep. taken. Um... <laughs> So, so that whole 9-11 part's over, but that is an important part of the story. I wanted to make sure it got out there. Right. So by 1980, he had already announced in his 2004 document or wherever he released it, that he was in Project Pegasus from 68 to 72, and he was no longer in it by the time he was 12. And then he just supposedly carried on and lived his whole life. Really? So Can you just... imagine joining like high school and all the guys are like bragging about like, I slam dunked a basketball. And he's I like, you're gonna say he's like I time traveled. I touched a boob. Sure, that too. I slam dunked a boob yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I always say. That's said. what I do every Friday night. So, <laughs> um, Sorry, yes. And you're like, I saw the Gettysburg Address. Right, exactly. Like, I'm literally sitting in my history class and can't tell the teacher that he's wrong and uh, what he said. Oh my God. Like, I literally <laughs> took my Nikes. Can you imagine how humbling that is? Oh my God. How fucking frustrating, though. You'd be like, fuck all of you. I know, I know. So on his, I don't know if it was his 18th birthday, but by the time he was 18, but it was uh, 1980, which is where this, your story took place mm-hmm. as well, 1980. Oh, right. We did talk about that. Um, he needed a lot of therapy. Right. Yeah. So for sure. I'm sure. I imagine. And you can't even tell your therapist unless it's oh, like true. a CIA therapist. You're right. You're right. They're always listening. Um, a CIA therapist. That is a good job. So can you imagine no. the shit that they hear and up. can't go home and talk about? You wow. must have a lot of... Let's talk about another honorable mention on, like... Yeah, last year we... D- or last week we did, uh... People who are... Dispatch. Dispatch operators. Dispatch. Now it's a CIA therapist that we... You call- know there's somewhere out there. Someone well, out there. but that happens in criminal minds. <laughs> they have to see therapists in criminal minds. Wow. Talk about how they shot people. Yikes. Anyway. So, 1980 happens. Andrew is now 18, which means he's an adult. And the government comes back and tries to recruit him again oh God. to come back and do more program work. Leave him alone. So, he says yes. Uh, okay. Spoiler alert. All right, fun. So, I'm on board then. During this time, as far as he knows, it could have been happening earlier, but now that he is back in the game, Project Pegasus is now using time travel to pre-identify future presidents. Get out. So. What? He says that many of the presidents are now being recruited as kids and teens to be involved in DARPA programs. Is that why there's always little kids taking photos of me when I'm walking down the street? <gasps> they know. They know something. Aww, President finally. of the wine club. Pristine Christine. Coming at you. <laughs> 2020. So he says that um, there are people that are currently time traveling. bananas. To young versions, either to the future or the past, because by that point, some of the presidents are let's say young adult age. So time like, travelers are going to the past to see young presidents like baby Obama, like baby Obama. Okay. Um, people are time traveling, whether it's to the future or to the past or whatever age appropriate, uh-huh. they're finding presidents before they are even involved in politics and are briefing them and trying to recruit them for these DARPA programs. So what? wait, they're trying to recruit the baby presidents, not like a toddler, but like going to like, but why like do they teenage... want them to be in the DARPA? Hang in there. Okay. There's more of the story coming. Okay. So okay. in Project Pegasus, a Project Pegasus agents would, they were now finding future presidents and vice presidents in while in their youth, mm-hmm. and they would be debriefed by CIA and DARPA personnel that they were to become future presidents. Oh, God. Can you imagine? 
And Andrew was included in many of these meetings where he actually met several future leaders during formal informal lunches in Albuquerque, New Mexico. What? He There's a quote saying, I met several future national leaders of the United States at lunches that were held in Albuquerque with project principals shortly after they were told, after they, the future presidents, I met with them in Albuquerque with others after these future leaders were told that by using quantum capabilities, the DARPA program had determined that Stop. they were destined to serve as president or vice president of the United States. What? Can you imagine having an informal, no. like, bologna sandwich lunch with someone? They're like, so, I found you because you're going to be president. You're literally hungover from the night before, yeah. and they're like, hey. And this guy's like, hey, I'm from 30 years into the future, and you're going to be president, so let's get you settled the in now. fuck? So... Individuals that Andrew remembers meeting are both George Bushes, Dick Cheney, and Bill Clinton. What? And then, quote, as for Trump, I have a vague memory that my father took special note of him during an appearance on the Phil Donahue show. And I remember my father commenting that he was one of the future presidents, but I ignored it. Oh, shit. Because he was a little kid. He probably didn't give a shit. Right. But also, knowing your dad's a CIA member and you yourself at six are involved in time travel, you probably just get used to hearing random shit about the future. Stuff that, right. You probably just ignore it. That seems innocuous. But he remembers his father saying something like, oh, Trump's going to be one of the presidents. Oh, my God. So, the goal of briefing them, to answer your question, was to have them begin learning the government's inside projects in advance to help them learn as much about classified intelligence as possible and to help morph them into capable leaders. Okay. So kind of to sway them either way and get them interesting into... So they just want to fucking get their hands on... I guess so. Like, just kind of groom them to become presidents. Of... Okay, I'm not going to go there. This seems Look, we really... Could... Are you about to say bananas? Because it gets worse. as fuck. But okay. <laughs> to be like, oh, we'll tell you what to do even though the American people are supposed to be involved in selecting and whatever. And instead we're just going to put our hands on it and groom you to be what we think you should be. Yeah. I mean, whatever. I'm not surprised. But then there's all that, there's that whole conversation about is there destiny or free will? Because if it's like yeah, going to happen true. no matter what, then you might as well step in. You might as well step in and make sure they do it right. But what does that mean? Do it right. right. Like, I mean, who the knows? 70s, 80s maybe, government. Maybe maybe there maybe they have some rule in Project Pegasus about like making sure that everything goes as according to plan. Because even if we think like, oh well, if we step in and quote change their path, maybe in the future the past, the way that they actually got to who they were was because you stepped we in. It, right. So I mean, you have so no why idea. Why even get involved? Maybe Whatever. that's part of your okay. path. Who knows? <sighs> maybe just... by trying to change the world, you're actually doing exactly what you were supposed to do. Head spinning. Let's not break our brains on that. It just know that this is where the story is okay, going. Got it, got it, got it. And it's about to take a sharp left turn because oh, good. one of the future presidents that Basiago had m- the most interaction with was Barack Obama, who in 1980, what? who in 1980 became an, another participant with Andrew in the Mars training program. Get out of town here. You're telling me Barack was in the Mars training program? I'm telling you Barack was on Mars. So... <laughs> Okay, I'm. You listen. You had me. I know. You losing me. You losing me. The rest of this is just as Andrew, expected. Andrew, you. Andrew, Andrew had me. You Andrew had me. While you were ahead. Andrew had me. But I mean, let's let's be realistic. I believe in aliens. Me too. A thousand percent. Me too. I believe that I would. I would absolutely believe if someone said, "Oh yeah, the government has communicated with extraterrestrials." Agreed. Same. I would believe a, a space program has brought us to planets and moons we haven't discussed that haven't been told to us. 
I would believe that. Perhaps. I just don't believe that Barack Obama's one of them. Was on the Mars. Was one of the people. Okay, yeah, that <laughs> it's it's a little out there. But okay, I'm 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 gonna listen. I'm willing. Look, it's my job to tell the story. So whether or not we believe you're it, right, you're right. your job is to listen. I'm so will, no, I'm listen. I'm buckled up. I'm ready. So in the 1980s, while at UCLA, Andrew attended a secret three-week seminar about Mars to prepare him for teleport trips to Mars. Because I guess the whole thing now is that not only can they teleport in the world, but intergalactically they can teleport sure. now. So they're really just expanding on all this technology. Mm-hmm. The seminar was taught by Major Ed Dames, who was then, at the time, serving as a scientific and technical intelligence officer for the Army. And this seminar was held at the College of, I'm going to mess it up, Siskiyous, Siskiyous? Spell it. S-I-S-K-I-Y-O-U-S. S-I-S-K-Y. Siskiyous? Siskiyous? I don't know. A small college near Mount Shasta in California. Oh, <laughs> um, Jesus, it's in the state. Uh, the Skyus. I don't know. Uh, he says, Andrew says that 10 teenagers were enrolled in the Mars training program. And in addition to Andrew and another guy who ended up being another whistleblower that corroborated everything that so far Andrew has said. Okay. His name was, his last name was Stillings. I think his name was Brett Stillings. Okay. So his he name was, was Ben Stiller and he and Barack right. Obama went to Mars. <laughs> this is like Mad Libs. <laughs> yeah, it is. Real Mad Lib disease. So, Mad um, Lib disease. But so Brett Stillings ends up coming out later and saying like everything he said is true. Okay. I can confirm I everything. Was there, whatever. Yeah. So in addition to Andrew and Brett Stillings, there were two other teenagers in Major Dom's class, Major Dame's class, Dame or Dom. Major Dame's class. Um, and they were Barry Satoro and Regina Dugan. Okay. And Obama actually, so Barry Satoro actually was the name that Obama used to go by. What? When he, and right when he went to college, he changed it to Barack Obama. So. Oh, shit. And Regina Dugan actually happened to become, once Obama became president, so let's pretend all this is real. Obama was told when he was younger you're going to be president. Let's start getting you involved in some classified program so that way you kind of know about the intelligence before you become president. Ta-da, today you're now president. Uh, you need to start appointing people you trust. Regina Dugan actually became, while Obama was president, Regina Dugan was the director of DARPA. Stop it. In 2009. He appointed her as the director oh. of DARPA, which was the program or was the department that was in charge of Project Pegasus. Okay, interesting. Where they met, allegedly. Allegedly. So. Interesting. Of the students at that seminar, at least seven of their parents, if you add up all their parents, at least seven of them had ties to the CIA and audited the class to make sure that their kids were safe. So. Wow. One of them was Raymond Basiago, who was Andrew's dad, and right. he was the engineer and chief technical, li- technical liaison to the CIA on Tesla-based teleportation. <laughs> Tesla. <laughs> Tesla. And another was Thomas Stillings, Brett Stillings' dad, who was an operations analysis for a company who had served with the Office of Naval Intelligence. Wow. So those were just two of the seven. But seven of them had really intense, like, CAA clearance. And, like, it seems like there's a pattern of, like, either nepotism or we need to recruit people. Who can we trust? How about our own like kids? Like, inside. Yeah. Because right. you're not just going to go... Get anyone. Bringing people from... Yeah. Right. So there was actually the jump room that they used to teleport to Mars... We're pretending this is not laughable. I'm not, listen, I'm, not, I'm on board. Okay. The jump, jump room to Mars. Got it. The jump room that they used to get to Mars, according to both Stillings, Brett Stillings and Andrew, um, is that 
The jump room was in a building ran by Hughes Aircraft at 999 North Sepulveda Boulevard in El Segundo, adjacent Wait, to LAX. I know where that is. Yeah. So apparently that's the building that has a jump room to Mars. And it's right across from LAX Airport. I was just over there. Yep. Let's go. Okay. Um, so Holy shit. In 2011, Andrew's statement about Mars and Barack Obama was, quote, there are two individuals from the same Mars training class in 1980 I have met and are, um, sorry, I think I, there was a typo somewhere. Oh, no, no, no. This is him talking about him and Brett Stillings and when they first finally came together and said, like, like compared their stories about what was going on. This is Andrew and Brett. Andrew and Brett Stillings, the other whistleblower. Got it. So they came together and started comparing stories because... They have a theory that maybe some of their memories were wiped or something uh-huh. like that. And so they came together and kind of pieced stuff. And so in 2011, Andrew made a statement that says, two individuals from the same Mars training class, which is him and Stillings. He's talking about himself in the third person. Right. Two individuals from this training class in 1980 have met and are comparing experiences and are able to corroborate not only that they were on the surface of Mars together... <laughs> But that before reaching Mars via jump room, they were trained with a group of teenagers that included the current president of the United States, Obama, and the director of DARPA, Dugan. What? Brett Stillings made a statement at the same time and said, I can confirm that Andrew D. Basiago and Barack Obama were in my Mars training course in summer 1980 from 81 to 83. I encountered Andrew, Courtney Hunt of the CIA, and other Americans on the surface of Mars after reaching Mars myself via the jump room at El Segundo, California. I mean... Then in 2011, Andrew again mentioned his participation with Obama in 1980 and said, Barry Satoro, a student at Occidental College, was in my Mars training class under Major Ed Dames at the College of Siskiyous in Weed, California in 1980. The fact has been corroborated by one of my other, Bre- my other classmates, Brett Stillings, two years later when he was taller, thinner, more mature, a better listener... This student was now using the name Barack Obama and attending a different college, Columbia University. We crossed paths again in Los Angeles, and I didn't recognize him as the person that I had trained with in the Mars program and encountered on the surface of Mars. In fact, doing so would have been virtually impossible in any case because measures had been taken to block our later memories <gasps> of Mars shortly after we, after we completed our training in 1980. So, oh, I'm so invested though. Like, it's I like it's kind of like I want to, I want to not believe it, but I kind of want to believe it really I bad. I want to believe. So, Andrew and Brett Stillings have both agreed that Major Dames stated during their training class. They both remember him saying this. They both remember their teacher, Major Dames, stating during their training class in 1980, "quote Of the 97,000 individuals that we have thus far sent to Mars, 97,000. Jesus Christ." Only 7,000 have survived there <gasps> after five years. Wait, they left them there? I don't know. That's a quote that I fucking found, and I want to I talk about it. I don't know. What? So apparently, I don't know if it means, like, survived at five years after having been on Mars. Oh, no. Either way, it's terrible. Either, but either way, that means 90,000 people died somehow. And, like, no one noticed. That makes what it fishy to me. the fuck? But they both remember him saying that, apparently weird and i don't understand and i got no other information about it but it's freaky oh my god i mean and then you think like okay well why if you're trying to be believable why would you make up that president obama was there but maybe 
Like, it just seems like, why would you make that up? But then also, But like, then also, you're going to throw, like, 90,000, yeah. like, random missing people in and the also, mix? If you're like, all make... the people you're talking about in your stories might have just gone to Mars and died. Seriously. And if you're going to make anything up, I guess the question is, I don't know. I'm just make like, up something more believable or less scary. That's what I'm thinking. But then again, it's like, why even make up that you're going to Mars? So who right. knows? Maybe it really, like... Oh my god! This guy really wants to get this far, maybe. Maybe, maybe he really has a. Like I'm gonna go out with a bang. He has an agenda here. So I, I don't know. This is wild, though. Some of it's really believable, and it makes me want to believe the non-believable stuff. Same. So another person that was in their training course, who was in, I think Brett Stilling's statement. Her name was Courtney Hunt, and she to the, today is a career CIA officer. She trained with Andrew before the mission and showed him how to operate the respiration device for his jumpsuit. And also provided him with a weapon to protect himself on Mars. What? Um, From what? Okay. Martians. Yeah, apparently. So, 90,000 Martians. He, so Andrew was then taken to the Lockheed facility in Burbank, California for special training in avoiding Martian predators. Wait, it are just, you serious? It gets weirder okay. and weirder. Well. Like, just hang in there. Uh-huh. So the Mars program was launched to start mapping the area to create defense plans from extraterrestrial threats from space. So one day, if there happened to be an alien attack, the goal was to go to Mars to learn about it so that we would know how to defend ourselves best. Got it. Also, by sending civilians there, the hope was for for the U.S. to establish that they were there first to legally claim territory of Mars out of everyone on Earth. Oh, I see. They wanted to be like, we've been there first. We studied it. Dibs, dibs, right. Right, dibs, dibs, dibs. Um, the main mission for the students going to Mars was to get familiar with Martian humanoids and animals for debriefing later. So basically just to ob- observe and report. Okay. Major Dames stated during their training, quote, simply put, your task is to be seen and not killed. <laughs> so That's a fun twist on seen and not heard. <laughs> so it's unknown if NASA, um, JPL, which is located in, in Pasadena, Mm-hmm. Um, it's unknown if they were at all involved in selecting the people that went on this mission. So NASA might not have, but all of them happened to have Pasadena connections. So Andrew was the son of an engineer for the Parson Company in the headquarters of the Parson Companies in Pasadena. Brett was living in La Cañada, which is a suburb of Pasadena. Right. Obama had just finished a year at Occidental College in Eagle Rock, which is right next to Pasadena. Yeah. So everyone had some sort of connection, and it seems like that's why they all kind of got put into this NASA group that was based out of Pasadena. I see. Okay. It was just like, I mean, yeah, he went to Occidental, but it was only like 20 miles away from this got jump it. room. So, I mean, like, who who knows? It's just a fun little pattern that people have noticed that yeah, they all yeah, have a yeah. connection to Pasadena. That's interesting. I also have a connection to Pasadena. If maybe someone wants to put me on Mars, please I don't, know. don't. Cause if you're, if the odds are correct, you're going to die on Mars. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. 7,000 and 97,000. I'll live. <laughs> also, Gio has a connection because he took all his training was in Pasadena, Eagle Rock and La oh, Cañada. So no way. Yeah, He's all. a little Martian. The smart over there. So don't the send, pets Martian pets Martian. So don't send Gio there, please. The pet, to the pets. So the, he would be though. He would be he a fucking. Absolutely. He's a probably a human a, robot CIA agent. He's a Martian a- animal. I mean, he's definitely observing and reporting, and he's like, this fucking house over here is bananas. Get me out. I give up. Please take me away. (laughs) White flag. White flag. (laughs) Get me out. (laughs) I surrender. (laughs) Take me back to Mars. So the uh, testimonies of Andrew and Brett Stillings about the jump room actually are congruent with similar accounts given by other Mars whistleblowers. So there are people who have also said- Mars whistleblowers. There are- 
a few people out there pretty high up that agree that there has been a Martian training what? program. I think the thing that I would actually believe if someone said there's like oh, a totally. training program to go to space, it's just that Obama's involved. That and it's just the, like we sent Obama to the surface of Mars. Right. That gets a little much. It's like, I would believe like, oh, we prepped in the 70s or 80s, whatever. We yeah, prepped we tried to study for Mars. They all sorts of crazy shit. But like putting them on the surface of Mars is a little far for me. I mean, listen, open-minded, I'm listening. I mean, Obama said that he's, like, from Chicago and can handle anything, but if you go to Mars, you really can handle anything. I mean, maybe, that's, like, maybe that was a wink-wink. Like, I went to Chicago, hashtag Mars. I went to... Wink-wink. Chi-town. <laughs> uh, so, no good pun Mars is the Chicago of the solar system. Apparently. Uh, so... So, like I said, there were other Mars whistleblowers, and their story, their, the testimonies of Andrew and Brett about the jump room that leads to Mars is actually makes sense with other people's whistleblowing, such as the former U.S. serviceman Michael Relf, who spent 20 years as a member of the permanent security staff on the U.S. facility on Mars. Oh. Former Department of Defense scientist Arthur Newman has testified publicly that he teleported to a U.S. facility on Mars what? for Department of Defense project meetings. Can you imagine if we had our project meetings on fucking Mars? That's not fair. I want to do that. And Laura Eisenhower, who's actually the great-granddaughter of Eisenhower... Thought you might say that. ...refused a recruitment offer for what was described to her as a secret U.S. colony on Mars. What? But she was like, nah, I'll pass. Probably Eh, smart. Probably. But so then that brings the question, why would two future presidents... Because as far as we know, maybe by 2045, maybe there's like... I mean, I'll be in the Oval Office by then, so... (laughs) But why why would Obama in general be put in a dangerous scenario? Right. And like, what would he have to gain from going to the surface of Mars? Right. When they should be protecting him and being like, this At is all what costs. you should do. Unless right. that's part of his thing. Maybe he's supposed to go to Mars. Maybe. Maybe. That's his enlightenment path to becoming president. Who right. knows? Um, Did they put Trump on Mars? They should have. <laughs> <laughs> they should have left him there. Ah, uh, la la la. So this was part of, just to answer your question, the next point I have is, why would you put a president in a dangerous scenario like that? This was part of the, quote, grooming for their future roles. They were being, I guess it was like hazing. It was government hazing. What? Go to Mars. Um, it's the ultimate frat party. Ultimate. <laughs> Apparently they're having project meetings up there. I bet they have chapter meetings too. Uh, they probably play Edward Forty Hands. Oh, that's a good time. Mars, and there's like the gravity's all messed up. <laughs> oh my God. That sounds it's like, fun. It's like, whoa, this bottle's going higher than the other, man. All right. Beer pong would be a blast though. Would would be martian beer pong stop it can you imagine if your whole goal was just to go and talk to martians and get them to like you and you're like dude try this beer pong (laughs) (laughs) you just bring beer pong to mars and that's your legacy that's i want that to be my legacy. just teach them wizard staff like to make the beer cans right let's just play them drinking or teach them drinking games so um they were groomed for their future roles they were being taught to oh so this is what one of their theories are, Brett and Andrew combined, is that maybe as cool as all this sounds, part of it was to actually teach future presidents to actually fear the power of CIA handlers. Oh. And to so like, look, we can put you on Mars. Like we can be literally. Careful. Well, that like truly life or death is in their hands. Holy shit. And like clearly That's you're really part of. messed up. Clearly, you're part of this massively classified program. If you were to disappear, no one would know. And you're part of a, such a huge picture that you don't go off on your own. Like, don't right. try to- like we could make it, we can make anything look, look like a mistake. We could literally leave you on Mars. We could leave ninety thousand no one... people right. on Mars and no one exactly. would notice. So Holy I think shit. The, one of one of their personal theories is that the whole point of grooming them was to have a little fear. That 
That's fucked up, dude. And how comes... Uh, another question is, how come some future presidents were part of secret space programs and others yes, were denied my total question. information? So, some examples of that. I forget where I got some of this information, but wow, I'm so grateful I did. Um, <laughs> Me too. Somewhere in the three top pages of Google, where I typed in Project Pegasus into the search bar. Fantastic. You'll find it there. So, one of the examples of presidents who have been denied that is Kennedy. His... Uh, actually, one of the theories of his assassination was that he was trying to get access to classified ufo files and he was trying to learn about extraterrestrials and apparently that was a direct factor in his assassination according to underground whistleblowers by the cia okay um so who knows if it's real who knows if it's not although there are a lot of theories that kennedy's assassination was because he was trying to access classified files and nobody wanted him to know about them so conspiracy theory yeah one of them includes ufo files and there you go. Cool. So another example would be President Carter, who was also denied access to classified UFO files by the director of the CIA, George H.W. Bush, <laughs> who happens to be one of the future yeah. presidents that was pre-identified. So he got access and then was denying access to future so presidents after him. Why? So, we well, one person who got through with it was apparently President Clinton got his friend into the position of being Department of Justice. When, once Clinton became president, yeah. he got his friend to be in the Department of Justice just so he could get answers to, one, who killed JFK, and two, are there UFOs? Clinton did that? Apparently. But was all he, this he is a legend. Was he sent to Mars? No. He wasn't sent to Mars, but he was one of the pre-identified and debriefed presidents right, right. who was told in his youth. So maybe there, maybe just some rule happened at some year. They were like, okay, we have to stop telling presidents about aliens. <laughs> Let's like, stop mailing them to Mars. Let's stop <laughs> faxing them across the galaxy. At some point, we've told enough of, pe- enough of them. We don't need to tell anyone else. Let's stop telling these, like, 19-year-old boys that they're going to be president of this country. Right. You can rule the world, including Mars's world. <laughs> like, of course they think then they're going to find out whether aliens are real. Like, I would want to know right, that first right. things first. And I do wonder why... And there, there isn't an answer to that. I wonder why some of the presidents... That's what I wonder, too. ...were not debriefed, but others were. Because, like, Obama's such a recent president. It's like, right. if that rule was instated, why did... Maybe it was... Maybe as they were being debriefed, maybe it's like a... Based on whatever the law of time travel is, maybe yeah. it's just like a no matter what, they're going to be president. No matter what, there's nothing we can do about that. Maybe there was a rule of like, whether or not we like him, we'll tell him as much as we want. Like, maybe we just yeah. don't like, like President Carter. Maybe yeah. we don't like Kennedy. Maybe he didn't do well in his interview when he was uh. 13. I don't know. But so I, there's no answer. But that isn't an, an argument towards all of this of like, okay, if how come some presidents get this access and others do you, don't? So it makes me wonder whether Obama knows that like aliens are real yeah or he's like yeah i was on mars it's i fine. feel like he's cool enough to know that aliens he are would real. like if any president would know that he would bro out for sure with some martians him. yeah he would definitely play edward 40 hands with some martians oh he would yeah That's what I he think. would even you know he's the kind of guy who would edward 40 hands the same bottle with another martian and they would be <laughs> yeah. duct taped together in unity like, and solidarity and he would definitely let a martian take a celebrity shot for sure beer pong. or would the martian let barack be the celebrity in that oh, who knows a lot man. of questions i do have so many questions about this um, i'm gonna have weird fucking dreams tonight i hope so that's I, the goal i've been practicing my lucid dreaming so if, <gasps> if that's the case love it that's so. where i'll be mars with obama 
So Obama did. If Obama's uh, Twitter is active, by the way, can someone tag him in the in this? Because like I want him to know I know he's what he's be been up to. Like, no, because then we're gonna get in trouble. He's gonna be like, none of that was real, and I'm gonna be like, okay, Barack. and then he's gonna go that gif, okay, Barry Sylvester or whatever gif of like the sunglasses coming down. <laughs> none of it's real. Sunglass, sunglass, sunglass. <laughs> So, to be fair, in in favor of Andrew's argument, Obama did attend Occidental College at the time that Andrew claims, and it's only 25 miles from El Segundo, where the jump room was. Mm-hmm. Barry Satoro was the name that Obama used on college transcripts, w- including while at Occidental. I didn't so, know that. So, up until that point, he was going by that name. And that Barry. Barry Satoro. Um, two other whistleblowers, Brett Stillings, like I mentioned, and another guy, Bernard Mendez, came forward about their participation in the Mars Jump Room program, and they both confirm Obama's involvement and support that Obama used the name Barry Sotoro during the program. Okay. Um, this solicited a response, actually, from the White House. What? Like, when this all came out, it got enough traction where they were like, was Obama really on Mars? And the White House actually put out a, a release statement which adamantly denied the claim, although Andrew maintains his position. Wow. But of course, that's such a White House thing to do. Like, that's the most exact White House thing well, you yeah, would do not is gonna, deny, deny, deny. What are they going to do? Be like, yeah, sure. Even if they did happen. <laughs> like, you're right. <laughs> I don't blame them. They were not going to be like, yeah, okay, you caught us. So at some point during his Mars mission, this is just a fun fact. At some point during one of his Mars missions, Andrew actually has said that he encountered a dinosaur called a Martian plesiosaur. Okay. And he's also encountered, quote, scorpion men. And I don't know what that means. Well, fuck that. I don't know what that is. Right now. I don't know which one I hate more. I hate the second one way more. Scorpion or Scorpio men? Ooh. Oh, both Ooh. are bad. Ooh, if you if you're on Mars only with Scorpios, I'm sorry, but you're dead on Mars. Get out of here. <laughs> There's no coming back. Maybe they're just shipping all the Scorpios Maybe to they're... Mars. Maybe just Geo's the king of Mars, and we don't even know it. He's oh, a little Scorpio man. It would man. make a lot of sense. He is such a little Scorpio man. Oh, God. So, Andrew has also written about Mars, and he's done several research and written his own papers, and he actually wrote a paper called The Discovery of Life on Mars, which was published in 2008, and it actually was, to date, one of the first works to prove that Mars is an inhabited planet. What? Quote. It actually proved it? Quote. Okay, quote. okay, okay. He also founded the Mars Anomaly Research Society. Just Mars Anomaly. fun fact. Do you realize about him. that this is Mars? Shut up. M A R S. Look at you in the patterns, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, like I said, uh, Project Pegasus had evolved into pre-identifying future presidents and then recruiting them in secret government projects early on to groom them in advance for classified programs. Right. Um. So, CIA officers associated with DARPA. In 1980, once Andrew had turned 18, approached Andrew when he turned 18 because they were able to confirm to him that the U.S. government had also pre-identified him as a future U.S. president. Get the fuck out. That's how we'll all know. So. Wait, what? Andrew was told by CIA associates in his own version of an informal lunch in Albuquerque that sometime between now and 2028, he will either be elected president or vice president of the United States. So we have until 2028. What? That's very close. You're right. That's he, literally nine years away. We we better find out. We'll find out okay, for sure. All right. We got two elections, four, three elections left to find out, right? Okay. Hey, we're calling it right now. We're putting our money on it and we... I'm putting my money on 2024. You guys owe us big time if this actually happens. <laughs> You're welcome. So he was told he will be either president or vice president. 
And he, they saw him in the future in several material packages that while he is in office, he will be promoting an extraterrestrial and secret space program disclosure platform. Well, shocker. Which he currently is. Right. I was going to say, he's he's already already doing doing that. Um, He believes that the people who, okay, so this is kind of a, not, maybe not a a total mindfuck, but just to kind of actually not metaphorically full circle it, but to actually full circle it. He believes that the people who traveled to the future to learn that he was going to be president were also the same CIA members who were in the past that told his father to recruit him as a child in the jump program, knowing that they needed to prepare him for his destiny as early as possible. So he was potentially being groomed by the CIA since childhood with everyone around him knowing that he would eventually become president and they just didn't tell him until he was 18. Well, that was nice of them, at least. Yeah. Wait, we'll, we'll put you on fucking Mars, but we'll tell you when you're 18. Okay, fair <laughs> point, fair point. <laughs> we'll have you jump into Mexico, into New Mexico, and time travel to the Gettysburg Address and Revolutionary War. But you're just not old enough yet to know the truth about what's going to happen. So either that, or he's just really crazy. Or he's just really crazy. He thinks that these CIA members who told his father all the way back in the 60s to recruit him are white hats. Do you know what white hats are? Yeah. Okay. They're, um, basically they are in the system ready to release as much information as possible. And they, they're like, quote, the good guys who try to make sure that only good things come out of everything. So he thinks that the CIA members are white hats who have known that he would eventually be the one to disclose classified information. And so they intentionally made sure his father would recruit him for the program. And maybe even they intentionally recruited his father at the Parsons company to be an engineer. Knowing that his father would then to recruit his in, own child. Yeah, to get into the... So it might go all the way back to, like, the 40s or 50s, knowing that this guy's going to be president. Let's figure out every way we can possibly get him involved as a child. That way, one day, we know that he will disclose classified what? information, which we want to happen. So let's make sure he becomes president. Let me know when it's question time, because I have a question. Okay. He thinks... I'm just going to read my note real quick to make sure I cover everything. He thinks these CIA members are white hats who have known he would disclose classified info, and they groomed him as a child to make sure he would become president to do so like they saw in the future. And then there's a quote from him saying, I'm proud of my dad recruiting me or being told to recruit me, and I think you could say that my dad was also a white hat inside the intelligence, inside the intelligence community because he was actively urging the public declassification of Tesla teleportation for civilians when he was serving on this project. Wow. Do you have a question still? Yeah, I just, um, my question, I don't know if this is going to be covered, but my question is, why is he, like, dumping all this out there? Like, if if he's like, oh, I, I'm, I was told I was going to be president and all this stuff, why is he... Yeah, he's, like, really ruining his chances. It? Yeah, because then I'm like, I mean, if future is future and it happens, it happens, I guess, on the one hand. But on the other hand, don't you think that they would, like conveniently kill you right right or like he disappear if this was all true i mean but like yeah but then maybe you could do some like you could get like really like movie time warped into this and use an explanation like can't the white hats are defending him and yeah following his every move to make sure no one hurts him. if he's gonna be president he's gonna be president whether he talks about it or not right maybe maybe it's a fixed destiny yeah i don't know i just think that's really wild that he would even talk about it or maybe i mean my thought, I mean, based on that last quote where he's, like, really proud of his father, like, yeah. also being a white hat, maybe he feels like it's his it's personal destiny to, to also be a white hat. I see. 
and like carry on his father's dream of right. declassifying this information. And be like, if I talk about it now, then people will believe me. Right. If I start now, road. people won't think I'm as crazy when I say it out loud later. When I'm the president, I'm like, hey, let's talk about aliens. Yeah. But also, can you imagine if you're doing all this just to become president, to then have the power to declassify everything, and then all of it was fake? And like, <gasps> and, but then he also never knew. Like, he really convinced himself as a child. Can you imagine thinking, let's declassify it? Yeah, and then all of a sudden, they're happen? like, there's no paperwork. What? But how would that even happen? How would he know. become president if it wasn't even real? Oh, that's true. You're right. I don't think he'd end up as <laughs> Maybe president. Maybe he conveniently also just <laughs> becomes president. It's like, wait, I don't think that would happen. Despite <laughs> there never being any proof that he might. Um, okay. Anyway. Well, my head hurts. Okay. So one of Andrew's big fears through all of this is not not becoming president or being killed, which would be my two fucking big ones. Absolutely. I mean, he's made a lot of claims and we're ready, we're ready to uh, see if the results of that. killed presidents before? Like, I mean, they've literally, allegedly, killed Kennedy. Well, right. I mean, in the story. And, like, oh, right. I was thinking, like, they've already killed yeah. presidents, allegedly, because they were saying too much. So so this guy's saying too much, and he's not dead. It's like, I would be very scared that today's the day every correct. day. But maybe he knows enough that he's like, it won't kill me. They can't kill me. Maybe he's, know. like, pulling some move of, like, if I die, wouldn't that look a little weird for you guys? Like, if, like you kind of have to keep him in plain sight. Otherwise, people are going to ask questions how he disappeared after he announced that stuff. Could be, but I feel like it's not that big of a story. Like, it probably could be hushed. Right. But, but also, you really, like, bravo to the people in the CIA who are trusting children to not leak information. I mean, it was the 70s. Right. And also, they were doing, like potentially memory washing every day that's what my other uh, i mean that was so my maybe other the question. kids just yeah. didn't really remember maybe it was just like since they're children maybe that was another benefit if they're telling people it's about the stuff to blank their yeah. minds well i was thinking like if a child is going up to you and saying they time travel oh, to mars sure. you'd be like oh be like, i bet you did honey good for you very cute henry why don't you draw a picture of it right exactly yeah so maybe that was another secret benefit Anyway, his actual big fear was that this could all be inaccurate because the government had easy access to wiping memories and changing perceptions of the truth. Oh. So something they might do to future presidents after grooming them is telling, is giving them this whole false world, or maybe, maybe it affected him differently, and now he's got this like weird, deranged version of what happened. Maybe they tried to wipe his memory, but a different one They're showed like, up. Yeah, that's even you wilder. Went to Mars, wink, wink. Right, right, right. Yeah. Or maybe he went to Mars and they tried to wipe his memory and then it like reversed and now it's like a heightened elaborate version of him going to Mars. Yeah. Who knows? But his big thing is they could have altered his thoughts. Yeah. And everything he's saying might not actually be true. Right. Um, he only knows what he publicly, he only knows what he announced publicly is true because he found a journal that he had when he was a child where he actually wrote down his experiences before they would ever wipe his memory. <gasps> And after only thinking, like, only ha after having faint, vague memories of something he doesn't really know if it was a dream or not, he then found this journal, and it confirmed everything he I had see. this false memory of. Okay. However, that could have also been planted by the government, or it could have, you know, there's always another story. And that's the other story. maybe plus side for using kids is, like, kids do have such a different, right. like, memories from childhood are notoriously not i mean memories from anyone are notoriously right. not true but yeah. like for children that's even more heightened yeah maybe you like had a memory as a kid or a dream as a kid and you remembered it so vividly yeah, you turned it into something. some whole right. world but anyway all that aside perhaps he really is going to be president perhaps and he is running for president in 2020 is he seriously his allegedly i this is this is from information from his own website called andy2020.net um dot, dot, dot net and his dot net 
dot 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 net sorry <laughs> no i'm saying dot net that's a little bit i know not dot gov Mm-hmm. Um, his mission is to lead the American people into a bold new era of truth, reform, and innovation. And he has launched a, quote, new Project Pegasus, which is the campaign to lobby for the government to publicly disclose its teleportation technology. He tried to run in 2016, but didn't have enough money to cover the campaign because to have your name added to all the ballots in all 50 states would have cost $5 million. <laughs> and he didn't have it. Um, in his campaign... He lists 100 policies he wants to enact once president, including investing in public education, green energy, net neutrality, religious tolerance, and declassifying and revealing all technology related to quantum transportation and the United States history of time travel. Listen, I could I, get behind wanna, every single one of those. I want to kind of actually want him to run for president. Yeah. Especially in today's world, I feel like an, enough people our age would be like, hell yeah, go go Martian guy. You and Bernie are kind of <laughs> hand in hand here. He also wants presidential honesty, good luck, where all former presidents well, who are all still alive, he wants them to come forth and admit that they were given previous knowledge of their destinies. <laughs> So good luck. Listen, <laughs> if this is the case, 2021 is going to be a weird, <laughs> weird We feel like this time. is a weird year. Wait until then. Oh, man. The last thing I have for you is a quote from him saying, I do not know whether Project Pegasus is still active, but the intelligence that evolved from it is likely very active at this time. My guess is that the quantum access capabilities that Project Pegasus provided the U.S. government are now headquartered at some form of National Intelligence Center that provides the president, the intelligence community, and the military information about future events. Wow. So vote Andy 2020. So he doesn't know where it is. He just says he, doesn't know he if believes it's, it's somewhere. He doesn't know if it's still active. He just knows that it probably is still active in a different form, and it's at some headquarter protected by personnel. And it's definitely still being used in some capacity. And it's right here I mean, in our podcast. Studio. I mean, imagine if in the 70s they were able to do all that. What the hell can they do that now? That scares me a little bit. Yikes. I mean, you look at Snapchat. If you're able to disappear some photos in <laughs> right? a matter of 24 hours, who knows what the hell they're doing. Whew. Anyway. anyway. Oh. oh, God. That was my two-part series of Project Pegasus. That was great. High five. Thank you. You did such a good job. Thank you. I am wildly fascinated. I actually, I feel like you and I are probably going to talk about this for the next 10 years. A thousand percent. Oh, Andy 2020. Anytime we get stressed on tour, we'll be like, let's talk about Project Pegasus. Hey, it's okay. Let's play Pictionary. Let's play Pictionary and talk about Project Pegasus. Project Pictionary. Aw. Pegasus Pictionary. <laughs> Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? You can grow lemon, avocado, olive, or fig trees inside your home on top of the wide variety of houseplants available. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. I am so thrilled that we are working with Fast Growing Trees. I spent about an hour and a half on the website trying to decide what I would love to order from their products. They have so many options and you can actually filter it by zones, by growing zones to make sure you know it'll work in your garden. Um, they have everything from massive privacy shrubs and trees to very, very specific flowers. I actually ended up ordering a lilac shrub for my garden. I recently discovered how much I love the smell of lilac and so I I thought, you know what? Perfect chance. Why don't I get some lilac growing in my yard? I think it's going to smell beautiful. And I also got my mom a little lavender plant as an Easter present. 
Right now, they have some of the best deals online, like up to half off on select plants. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code DRINK at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using the code DRINK at checkout. Fastgrowingtrees.com, code DRINK. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. It feels very fitting that Juniper is currently sitting on my lap uh, because we all want our cats to be healthy and happy because when they're happy, we're happy. But because we're not mind readers, we don't always know when they're unwell. And in my experience, cats are not the most, you know, open when it comes to sharing their woes. And there goes Juni. Literally jumped right off me. So helping us keep tabs on our cat's health is just one reason you should use Pretty Litter. Pretty Litter's ultra-absorbent crystals trap odor instantly. No more cat bathroom smell. Thank God. Pretty Litter's super light crystal base also minimizes mess and dust. Plus, the crystals last up to a month, which means less scooping and fewer trips to the garbage can for Blaze, because that's his job. Here's the coolest thing about Pretty Litter. It changes colors to help monitor early signs of potential illness in our cats, including urinary tract infections and kidney issues. And Pretty Litter ships free right to your door in a small, lightweight bag. Pretty Litter has changed the game. The litter box is right near Leona's room, and so it is very delightful to not have that litter smell all the time when she's taking a nap. Plus, we can rest easy knowing that Juniper and his little kidneys are healthy. Pretty Litter helps keep tabs on my cat's health and keeps odors down. You and your cat are going to love Pretty Litter as much as we do. Go to prettylitter.com slash ATWWD and use code ATWWD to save 20% on your first order. That's prettylitter.com slash ATWWD, code ATWWD to save 20%. prettylitter.com slash ATWWD, code ATWWD. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Okay, so you ready for I feel like mine are just like womp womp now. <laughs> yours I'm sorry, so I'm like, exciting. Here's Barry and Mars. Yeah, you're like, I'm literally sending all the presidents to Mars. And now, what's your story? <laughs> okay, okay. Um, the- you know, first of all, I do want to say before you go any further, uh-huh. I am very scared after having said all that that. Just like how with Harold the doll, all of a sudden someone tagged, oh, not even, I don't even think anyone tagged him, but the guy who owns Harold the doll oh, then God. started listening to the story yeah, yeah. and like has now heard me talk about him. Us, yeah. And I'm very nervous now that Andrew Basiago is going to say that either I butchered his story, that I like, no, I like. I mean, I think we were, we gave it a fair, we weren't like joking about him. We were giving him no, a No, no, no. I hope, I hope we weren't joking no, about I him. No, I don't think so at all. I think. I'm fascinated. But as far as I'm concerned, I, th- I was really interested and I don't. I'm curious as to what he would think of my my because Project Pegasus telling? has been one of my biggest interests for years, so I would love to know what he thought. But I also really hope he never finds out that I ever talked about it. Because what if I butchered it? I don't think you. Well, I mean, and also you only had a limited amount of time. True. And I feel like you found it all from his his stuff. Yeah. Anyway, I'm very happy. It took me a long, long time to get through that and to actually like spend the time to research it, but. I just looked him up. He looks very uh, normal. He for looks lack normal. Of a better term, he, he has looks... like an American flag in the background. Yeah, he's patriotic. I mean, he's the American's first child teleporter. I'm come on, man. This is wildly fascinating. I have to let my cat out. Kitty, is that Juniper? Is that happy, handsome Juniper? Wow, those happy paws. Yeah, the happy tail. All right. I can you imagine what if he does become pre- wait so but he's like oh I'm running for president but but so wait so they didn't tell him when they were just like they oh. said between 2016 and 2028 and 2016 so he's just running clearly already happened so yeah so he's just I guess running for the next three years for the next three terms elections I mean the fact that we haven't even heard about this guy though in the major I know, I know. 
Unless Not maybe it is good. 2028 and like in the next five years, like something crazy happens and we... you heard it here first. Andrew Basiago. I mean, could be if he becomes president or vice president by 2028, then I got to imagine that in 2045, the world will be peaceful and environmentally stable. I mean, to be honest, I'm just holding on to that little piece of that little nugget you told us. If both of those things are true, then by 2045, we can a thousand percent believe that Barack Obama was on Mars. Just saying. Oh, yeah. Just saying. That's the least <laughs> shocking truth to come out of all of this. Right. <laughs> okay. All right. Moving on. Moving on. So this is the story of Altimio San... Altimio Sanchez, a.k.a. the Bike Path Rapist. Oh. Yeah, we go really dark. Wow, you really, really... I know. I don't know what else to tell you, man. This is just how this podcast works. I mean... We should have done it alternating. I, I never... told you, 103 episodes ago, I was like, I'll go first. Oh. There goes Gio. Gio's yelling at you, too. Altimio Sanchez, a.k.a. the Bike Path Rapist. Yikes. Okay. Yeah, not good. So, uh, I watched a Discovery documentary on this called Catching a Serial Killer... Um, which was really helpful. Where did you see this? Discovery. Discovery. Okay. I was like, ooh, I'm looking for a new serial killer show. Let's get into that one. Uh, I've watched it on YouTube. Okay. But it was Discovery show. Gotcha. Um, you're looking for a new serial killer show. I have so many for you. I, I like a good series, but I I don't like, um, a series that I have to follow. I don't like a story based series. I like, yeah, I like every episode's a new thing. Like, right. I don't want to have to commit to something to get the final answer. No, no. I mean, none of my serial killer shows because there's a different killer every time. Okay, good. Okay. I think that's why I like your story so much because I'm like, I don't have to remember this next week. I'll just get a new one. <laughs> I'll just get a new I'll one. I'll just get a new story. <laughs> okay, so I started these notes uh, again a while ago on the plane from Cincinnati. Um, and I was on the plane probably researching, once again, 9-11 conspiracies. So, uh, Oh, by, by the way, as you when you said 9-11 conspiracies... In the last episode, yeah. I was like, shut up, shut up, shut oh, up, because it was that so was a psychic. Totally different. Because you brought up 9-11, and I was like, I'm literally about to start my next part of that story Shit. with 9-11. You really, we're on, on it today. It's because we spend so much time apart that all of a sudden we're together and we're like. Our psychic energies don't know what to do. Our brainwaves are Because really... you screamed Tesla, and I was like, oh my god, she knows. And this then you said 9-11, wild. and I was like, oh my god, she knows. It's pretty wild. And then you were like, oh, Trump. And I was like, oh my god, here we go. We're on the same page. <laughs> um, Tesla. Okay. <laughs> So I was on the plane from Cincinnati researching very, very inappropriate things. Love it. Um, I happen to have, so I usually log out of the, and that's why I drink email because Eva handles that, but I happen to like accidentally have it open and literally as I clicked Gmail, this email came in and I was trying to pick a topic and it was like topic suggestion for Christine. So I just clicked on it. Yeah. Uh, and it was from Charlie and it was this topic. All right. Altimio Sanchez. And I was like, okay, I'll do it. So I just, without even a second thought, I just did the notes. So thank you, Charlie, for happening to send one of thousands of emails the second I opened the email. (laughs) Good timing. Good timing. timing. So uh, this is from Charlie. So this uh, takes place in Amherst, New York, Mm -hmm. which is upstate New York. um, And it's ranked one of the safest communities in America. That's always, that's exactly where you never want to be. Because then something like this happens. You know, well, did you see that meme that was going around that it was like starter pack or like how you know you'll be murdered or something or like how you know you'll be the subject of a future documentary on like Ion TV or something. And it it was like, your smile lit up a room. Your smile lights up a room. Oh, no. You like to jog in a safe (laughs) environment or whatever. Like your friends all... You lived in the safest, like, just every possible cliche. It's all the cliches (laughs) from these shows, but, like, 
It's literally this entire story. I mean, okay, good to know. It's just a... Full of cliches. A, a basic cliche, horrible story. It is. It's... Yikes. Everything... Everything that... Horrific from the serial killer starter pack. Okay, good. So, we're near the University at Buffalo, which I didn't realize it was University at Buffalo. I thought it was University of Buffalo. Yeah. But it is. I looked it up. University at Buffalo. Oh, I wonder if there are other schools like that that I've just been Maybe. saying wrong this whole time. Probably. Okay. Knowing us. I mean, yeah. <laughs> so we're fall of 1990. So we skipped 10 years ahead from when my last story was. Okay. Uh, 22-year-old communications student Linda Yalem was training for the New York City Marathon, and she was only five weeks away from the race and was training religiously pretty much daily. On the 29th of September, she left her dorm room at 9.30 a.m. with her Walkman. You remember. Oh, I love a good Walkman. Yeah. I just I just hung out with mine um, when I was home. You hung out with it. I had no friends available. So, yes, I hung out <laughs> with mine. You literally just said, I went home and had so many parties. <laughs> well, the, yeah, but then some of those people were still at work before the parties. And I, I had nothing to do. And then I found, I was cleaning up my room. And so I you found. you communed with your Walkman. I found my whole, I actually, all of my old tape cassettes are in literally the most 90s keds shoebox amazing and um i still have my my walkman and actually i think allison was using my spotify or something and i don't have like the family package so we only one person can use it at a oh, time yeah. and i couldn't access my spotify and so i plugged my headphones into my walkman and i used the radio to listen to popular music which is top 40 hits blast from the past well i listened well i just tuned into like the fredericksburg radio station and listen to like Ariana Grande on a Walkman, and it was very weird. That is exactly how Ariana Grande would want you to listen to her. I music hope so, because I feel like that's such a '90s I hope throwback. So. And then I also um, just listened to my old tapes, but also the last time that people were buying cassette tapes, I was like five to six or seven years old, and uh, I listened to the Berenstein Bears on tape. <laughs> And I Same, also I had all those too. I listened to the uh, Mary Kay Nashley. Oh, I took a picture of the Mary Kay Nashley oh, tape and sent to you and Eva. I love that. It was one of the You're Invited Adventures yeah. or something. You're invited. Super sleuths oh, on tape. So good. Anyway, I had I remember Walkman. Yes, that's where we were going. I'm with glad that. you remember. Um, so she leaves her dorm at 9:30, listening to the Berenstain Bears, uh, <laughs> or the Mary Kate and Ashley Super Sleuths. Although, to be fair, if I was training for the marathon, like I'd probably listen to some. If I listen to audiobooks now, so that's basically an early audiobook. I mean, a, truly a Walkman, where like especially for us because we were little and they were actually just yeah. they were called stories on tapes. Yeah, they're literal stories on tape. Stories on tape was so, an audiobook. Linda's listening to the Berenstain Bears. Of course, picture it; it's beautiful. <laughs> um, so anyway, she's training for the New York City Marathon. Um, she leaves her dorm nine thirty. Uh, her roommates are like up and they know she's coming back in a few hours because she is only going to go on like a pretty brief run and uh, a few hours later she does not come back home and so her roommates are worried and they report her missing and an extensive search is launched along the bike path where Linda was known to run pretty regularly and uh, only a little while later searchers found her body in the woods it's already bad. Yeah, it's gets really bad. It got bad fast. I'm glad I brought up Mary Kay Nashley before anything four, happened. Five bullets in. Yeah, it gets really bad. Okay. So they find her body in the woods, uh, shrouded with her sweatshirt covering her torso. Her bra and shirt were lifted up, exposing her breasts, and her pants had been pulled off. Uh, she had numerous defensive injuries, showing that she had uh, fought her attacker, but ultimately she did not survive. Uh, her attacker had raped her and then used a garrote. 
A garage. Do you know what that is? I know. Okay, so it's basically like a ligature that like the one they showed was like two sticks with like a rope in the middle. Oh, okay. To, like, I know what you're talking about. Twist. Sure. But like uh, it's basically any sort of ligature that you can use to strangle someone essentially. Of course. Great. Right. It's like a weapon essentially. Oh, yeah. So um, the killer had used a garage or a handheld ligature to strangle her. Because he had strangled her like this personally with like with his hands essentially, mm-hmm. um, police assumed the murder was personal. And oh, especially right. okay. because the garage is a very inefficient way to kill somebody because you have to like wrap it around their neck. Like you've got to put a lot of effort into yeah. the kill. Yeah. yeah. And I you have you. to like strategically <clears throat> place it. It's not just like stabbing or shooting someone. It's like you have to like wrap it around them. You got to work for it to be successful. Yeah. Yikes. It's very up close, very personal, and also very sadistic. Right. So obviously this turns the whole town upside down. Um, this young woman is like out for a run in the middle of the day. It's a Saturday. In the middle of the day. Middle of the day, like 11 a.m. She's mid-run. Um, she's raped and killed in a public park without anyone hearing anything. It's Jeez. a Saturday, too. So, like, it's not People even... should be out at a park on Saturdays. Think so. Wow. But, um, so th- this is just, like, totally mind-blowing to everyone in town for obvious reasons. Um, and pretty soon they get a small break in the case. A woman calls in and says she saw a man pulling a woman across a bridge. Oh, no. Backwards near the path. Um, so clearly this guy is brazen enough to assume he's not going to get caught in the middle of the day. So they're like, right. great, great. So this guy's just fucking out there. Right, right, right. I mean, Make, Making himself known. So police evaluate the killer's MO, um, and it seems to match weirdly enough a series of rapes in the area perpetrated by a man that police had previously named the bike path rapist so this guy would prey near high schools and recreational areas he typically used a knife and a gun to control his victims before raping them mm-hmm. and then later as he progressed he started using a double ligature garrote like the one used on linda so one of the investigators this is pretty crazy um one of the investigators on the case after linda was killed actually remembered being a teenager when these attacks first started happening really so, like, she's on the case as a detective and she's like holy shit the same guy was active when i was wow in high school that, that's got to make it a whole other level of personal it's like this guy has yeah been out there since i was a child and now into my career where i can get him he's still there it's crazy and it's like the boogeyman almost right and one of her high school classmates was actually raped while she was in high school so she oh. it was just like such a oh no close up close and personal thing um, for her and for the community. So that's how long, basically, he'd been active. So a very long time. Because this woman is a full-fledged detective. And she's like, I remember when I was a teenager. And this guy was still running around. Wow. That's some, like, SVU shit. Yes, it does sound that's like a That's a very show. Olivia Benson situation. Yes, absolutely. So this guy, um, the bike path rapist, spread his attacks out all over Buffalo. Typically stuck to, like, green areas. So parks and recreational areas. Um, in 1986, uh, 17-year-old Susie Coggins was walking to a 9 o'clock class, but was running late, so she cut through the bike paths. She said she heard someone running through the woods, turned around, um, looked over her shoulder, saw a mu- man running at her with a rope, and they interview her in this documentary. And it's just very sad. She says her first thought was, he must be running with his dog or something, because he's holding a rope. Like, her first instinct is just like, oh, this guy's probably just lost his dog. Um, but before she can even react, he has the rope wrapped around her neck, and he lifts her up, and he carries her into the woods. Like, Via neck? By her neck. Oh, my her gosh. into the woods. Um, and she's sharing her story in this Discovery documentary, and it's, like, chilling to just watch her tell her own account of what happened. Um, and she said the one thing she'd never forget was the anger in his eyes, and she just said, like, looking at his eyes was just, like, this black anger. 
And so after he dragged her into a secluded spot, he asked her how old she was and if she had ever had sex before, and then he raped her. When she asked Ugh. what was next, he said nothing. She said he looked kind of guilty. He said nothing and just left her there. So police um, – so I was brave of her at all to go, what's next? To like, even talk, yeah. To I, even say anything. I, I would thought just, the same thing. I wonder if she said nothing if more would have happened because would he have just walked away without her having – Well, since he, she was part of a whole <clears throat> slew of rapes, he wasn't killing anybody oh, at okay, that point. Okay. It just seems like she was part of a pattern of mm. consistent rapes during that time. It wasn't really until Linda that they were like, oh, shit, like, this guy's still here and he's right, right, now right. murdered someone. Um, still, oh, my God. Yeah, it's really scary to – yeah, you're right. Like, to even – I guess you don't even know what you're going to do in that situation. Yeah, I would be like, well, I'm, you I'm just going to sit here and not say clue. a damn thing. Yeah. Um, so police determined that uh, the attack on Linda is undoubtedly related to the, at- the attacks experienced by Susie and others throughout Buffalo as they had the, pretty much the exact same M.O., a few witnesses called in and said they had seen a man staking out the area only days before Linda's murder. So they were like, mm. there was a guy here. So they're starting to piece together like some the, fishy stuff. Yeah. And this guy had been around. Um, so he had planned this. One witness who called in was a local factory worker who had spotted his co-worker walking along the path a few days before. He said it struck him as odd that this guy was walking alone down the path. So he went to go say hi to him. But the coworker pretended he didn't see him and avoided him, which oh. rubbed him the wrong way. Yeah. So he saw the news reports and was like, I'm just going to call this in just in case. Right, right, right. Good. Good. That's an upstanding citizen. It is. He'll, right? Like, see something, First of all, say something. You, and also, you see someone and you just want to go say hi, make sure they're okay. And then, oh, never mind. If they're acting weird. It's like, it's like something's up. Mm, I'm going to remember that. This guy's pretending not to know who I am. So police brought the man, Altimio Sanchez, mm. in for questioning. So, uh, Altimio was, or Al, was a local machinist and factory worker whose family moved to the continental U.S. from Puerto Rico when he was two years old. Uh, I'm going to give you a little backstory on his life. So, he struggled in school. His mother suffered with alcoholism. Uh, He was told from a young age that he was unwanted, and his mother described taking a concoction of pills in an attempt to have an abortion while she was pregnant with him. Um, His mother moved the family to New York when he was two, New York City, when he was two, but life was still pretty difficult there. He had a pretty turbulent upbringing. Uh, his mom would bring a lot of different men home. Some of them abused him physically and mentally and his mother. So he witnessed mm. a lot of abuse toward his mother. And according to one forensic psychologist named Lou Schlesinger, a child who witnesses aggressive behavior against his maternal figure can be like really damning sure. for your future. Sure. <clears throat> Um, I mean, that's just a recipe right there for for some trouble. And so it's actually like a pattern they've noticed um, because it can desensitize the child to violence and the child. Especially to women. Yeah. And the child. Yeah, exactly. And the child tends to, especially like a son, tends to um, side with, like associate with the aggressor rather Mm -hmm. than the victim, um, just maybe as a survival mechanism or whatever. Um, and so dysfunctional relationships with mothers is a common thread in serial killers. So there's Yorkshire Ripper, Gary oh Ridgway. What happened? Juniper, no, Juniper opened the door, Fuck. but because he's so tiny and you were standing. The door just opened? The door just opened all by itself. I was like, <laughs> oh my God. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Junie, you little asshole. You scared us, honey. Oh my God. I was like, that is either a ghost or a killer. I don't know which. A, I don't know what's worse. Or the CIA in an invisibility oh, cloak. definitely... I really do sometimes wonder that maybe someone is in an invisibility. I convince myself that Actually, there are people staring at me all the time. The thought of that is very scary. 
Someone could literally be in here right now okay, watching em, us. Stop it. Oh, okay. It's, I mean, it's Juniper. And it's a June. It's our animus. Hi, baby June. Is that a little baby Juniper? So cuddly. Look at that pretty, pretty handsome face. Look okay. at that jawline. What a no. what a strong cat. He's a good boy. Okay. Da 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 da. Okay. Where are we? Um. Um. We were on dysfunctional. Okay. Yeah. So dysfunctional relationships with mothers is a common thread in serial killers. So you've got the Yorkshire Ripper. Sorry, Junie's getting comfy. Oh, uh, I'm really jealous that that's what you get to experience right now. This little kitty just a, wants to snuggle. He's such a snuggly kitty. Um, so Yorkshire Ripper, Gary Rint. We usually have Geo interrupting, but now we have Junie. Hi, baby. Uh, Yorkshire Ripper, Gary Ridgway, Ed Gein, Charles Manson, just endless right, I mean, slew of serial killers the list who goes have on. dysfunctional relationships with their mothers. Oh, I thought you were pushing the mic toward me again. No, I wanted to touch his nose. <laughs> I just want to touch your little baby nosey. Oh, he's like, I'm busy over here. Oh, sweet boy. Sorry. I just wanted to be included. He's so good. Okay. So anyway, things start to look up. So Altimio grows up. He's like living a pretty stable life. He lives in Florida for a while, then moves to Buffalo, New York. He mar- marries his college sweetheart, Kathleen, and they have two adult sons, uh, he's the basketball coach at the local school. He's a little league coach. Um, he was described as a, quote, regular guy uh, and was well-liked in the community and by his neighbors. Some of This whom... really is the starter pack. Yes, right? It's crazy. <laughs> Some of whom called him Uncle Al because he was so friendly and charismatic. There it is. Mm-hmm. He was considered, here's the starter pack, a pillar of the community. Lord. I know. He played on his church baseball team. Of course. He hosted barbecues for the neighborhood. He had a beautiful home and yard, was a loyal husband, etc. Blah, 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 blah. Right. There's nothing this man has ever done wrong. Endless. I hear it. Holy oh. shit. Junie, did I scare you? Oh, was that so oh. scary? Hi, baby. So he's a pillar of the, of the community. Blah, blah, blah. He has a beautiful home and yard. He's a loyal husband. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. It's, he's, there's nothing he's ever done wrong. Right. He's basically just a star player. Yeah. They, some people even describe him as a jock. They're like, he's just a popular guy in the neighborhood. Right. And in this whole town. So after they questioned him for a minute, they let him go. Uh, of course. And although he looked a lot like the sketches that all the witnesses <laughs> described. Nope. So similar. Some might say identical. <laughs> just like a Puerto Rican man in upstate New York. Just someone that looks like a pillar of the community. <laughs> Nobody took the lead seriously. In fact, a father and son who worked at the plant with Altimio used to joke with Uncle Al that the sketch looked just like him and he would laugh along. Isn't that funny? Ha ha ha. Ha ha ha. Lock me up. Hilarious. In October 92, a 32-year-old sex worker named Majane Mazer, Majane Mazer, was working near the Amtrak rail line down in Buffalo when she was picked up and never seen again. Her body was found later by a man picking wildflowers um, her body was covered up by a piece of corrugated plastic in a field. Mm. She had been raped and strangled by a double ligature garage. Oh, my God. But because Majane was a sex worker and her body had been so carefully hidden, police assumed she was killed by someone she knew, maybe a pimp or somebody who had a vendetta against her. Okay. So they never put two and two together that perhaps one of her regular clients... Maybe she could just be innocent. <laughs> yeah, or that, well, or that one of her regular clients could possibly... Be none other than family man Altimio Sanchez. Right. Because at the time, nobody would have guessed that he was seeing sex workers because mm. uh, he was such an upstanding citizen. 
I hear you. You know. I hear you. So fast forward to 1996. Um, it's been six years since the murder of Linda Yalem. Mm-hmm. Um, because Linda was a runner, the Linda Yalem Memorial Run was created at the University of Buffalo in memory of her. Um, and it's an annual event. Now it's called the Linda Yalem Safety Run. And it's basically bringing awareness to safety and you know, when you're outdoors and that kind of thing. And a memorial to her life, essentially. Um, guess who decided to join the race in 1996? Tell me. Runner number 635 was none other than Mofo Altimio Sanchez. But he had a church baseball game that day. <sighs> what an asshole. He was supposed to be hosting a barbecue. He was running in this goddamn race. Number 635. But hmm. it made sense because he, quote, belonged to the running club at work. Of course he did. So nobody would have guessed that this guy, number 635, was the reason the run was being held in the first place. Yeah, Which is just so twisted. That really is. I mean, you're... It really is, like, just coming to your own scene of the crime. Yeah, it is. Like, when people come to the search party and... Right, right, ugh, right. Sick. He, yeah. like, wants to be invested. So, fast <sighs> forward again. Um, things have been quiet for 12 years. The community has finally relaxed. Um, people feel safe again for the most part. It's September 2006, and it's the 16th anniversary of the murder of Linda Yalem. Um, Altimia Sanchez was photographed with his arm around his wife and a drink in his hand at an office party in downtown Buffalo. A poor wife. And no one could have known that only hours before, in a nearby town called Clarence, Altimio had struck again for the first time in 12 years. So what? So there's a lot of big gaps between yeah. all of his killings. So, it, so the first ones were in the 80s, and then... Then he had 92, 96. So, no, so 96 was um, when he was in that run, but oh, he, oh, oh. he didn't actually commit a crime that year. So, yeah, so 92 was the last one. Okay. Yeah, so it was, he was active in the 80s and 90s, and then he was inactive for about 12 years, for gotcha. more than 12 years. Um, and then in 2006, he struck again. Gotcha. So a 45-year-old nurse named Joan Diver, her husband, a chemistry professor at University of Buffalo, and her young son ate breakfast together before she dropped him off at daycare and then decided to go for a quick jog. Okay. When it was time to pick her son up at daycare, she never arrived. Uh-oh. Um, an extensive search was mounted, and Joan's body was found by a Boy Scout who spotted a hand in the shrubbery. <sighs> Joan was laying on her back with her pants down, her shirt lifted up, and she had been strangled but not raped. Although the bike path rapist hadn't struck in 12 years, police knew it had to be him because the M.O. The same L- M.O. was so similar. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he had moved her car, and they managed to get one drop of sweat from the steering wheel. Wow. Yeah, it was like on, they said where you would have stuck the key in, they happened to find one drop of sweat that he had missed when he was like cleaning or disinfecting. Oh, he was cleaning or, it off. Or perhaps he had gloves on, I'm not sure, but they said gotcha. like there was just that one little spot. That they... I, for a second, I thought that he just like happened to not sweat, sweat except one drop. And I was like, I'm literally sitting right here and drenched. <laughs> so like, I don't know how he My does DNA it. My DNA is all over this room. <laughs> he just had one sweat gland in his hand. That was I mean, it. bravo. <laughs> I wish. Show me. Show me how. Um, so the DNA sample so that they managed to get from that one drop of sweat matched the DNA at the eight crime scenes of the bike path rapist. Wow. So they knew officially he was back. Uh, it was now the third decade of his crimes. So he had been active in the 80s, 90s, and now the 2000s. Um, the DNA sample indicated a Hispanic male, which shrunk the suspect pool drastically. Um, a detective who looked over the case file spotted a report from a woman who had been raped in 1981. Now, this is where she gets wild. Mm-hmm. Two days after she was attacked in 81, she told police she spotted the man who had raped her driving away from a local shopping area parking lot. 
Okay. And she took down the license plate number. Good girl. Good girl. Good girl. When detectives questioned the owner of the car, Wilfredo Sanchez Caraballo, he provided a solid alibi for the rape. However, 25 years later, Caraballo was interviewed by Amherst Bike Path Rapist Task Force, and mm. he admitted that on the day the car was identified by the victim, he wasn't driving it because he had lent the car to his nephew, Altimio Sanchez. Oh. So when they first interviewed him, all he would have had to say is, oh, my nephew was driving it. Right. But wow. he covered for his nephew and said, oh, I was here. I couldn't have done it. Wow. And so he was not caught. He escaped. Whew. So his name, so Altimio Sanchez, his name had obviously come up numerous times throughout the investigation, but this was the first time they were really taking it seriously. Right. Um, so they decided to set a trap. Mm. Yeah. We Love like a, a good trap. trap. On the evening of... <laughs> we were psychotic. What's wrong with us? I don't know. We spend too much time apart and then <laughs> together and bad things happen. It's really like such extremes. Like we go a whole month without seeing each other and then we record like five episodes And we just once. say the same words at right. the same time. On the evening of January 13, 2007, police waited in a local Latin American restaurant called Sole in Amherst, New York, while Altimio had dinner with his wife. When the couple left, officers took Altimio's glass and silverware. Good. So they were waiting, like literally SVU style, waiting at a separate table, like undercover. And then just grabbed his shit. And grabbed his glass. Wow. Can you imagine sitting like nearby and you're like, what are they doing? These strangers are like <laughs> grabbing his water glass and his menu. Crazy. So they grab his... Um, Water glass and silverware, and then they match the DNA to those at the crime scenes. Uh, when he was questioned by... So he's for sure. They're like, okay, we got him. When he's questioned by a police detective who was a woman, he didn't believe that she was a detective. He made her prove it and show him credentials. God, Which just gross. goes to show you, like, his attitude. Towards, towards women, towards yeah. Women. Um, a woman? A job? A job? That's working? the same woman who... Um, who was, was the one from his, for, who yep. knew him since childhood? Whose classmate had been raped by him? Yeah, okay, I like that. Isn't I like, that wild? I like that it's a full circle. So she's now in charge, and she's like, now I'm the one interrogating him. Wow, it's just a crazy. Speaking of time travel, I wish you could go yeah. back and tell her, like, don't worry, you'll fucking figure this out. We'll get this. Like, you'll handle this shit yeah. real good. We'll get him. I love a full circle. And it was such a boogeyman thing. She described it as like this guy was just faceless and nameless for decades, right, in the area, and like didn't leave, like couldn't, didn't leave community alone for three decades and that's even creepier too is like he stayed in that location because yeah. it just gives you the the mentality of like he knows he's not gonna get caught like yeah, he was so sure because he, was it so was, he wasn't getting caught it's right like, and but then, it's like but that means for decades you know you're amongst someone who's someone. willing to kill and you don't know who and you know he has no problem sticking around and the interesting thing too is that same psychologist was saying like it's such a flawed mentality when people think I would be able to spot someone who's not right or right. who's a serial killer. Could because be anyone. He says, like, oftentimes you just can't. Like, these are people who are so good at blending in, who are so – either they're sociopaths or whatever they are. They're just so good at – there's a reason they're not getting caught. Right. And it's not just because they live in their mom's basement and they hide out and – yeah, the the, st the stigma of what a serial killer right. looks like is actually not often what a serial killer looks like. It's not necessarily the truth. So, yeah. So, he was saying, like, the fact that so many of his coworkers and people were like, this can't possibly be the guy, just goes to show, like, people are flawed. Right. Especially, right. I think. I mean, human error is a very real a thing. big thing. And I think especially empathetic people might not get that some people who don't have that trait, you can't comprehend that right. someone could be a sociopath and not 
feel that. I often think about one day when I die and I imagine at like the pearly gates or whatever you call it, whoever you meet first, I always tell myself that there was a book where you or you can have some conversation with them where you can ask the stats of your life. Like, yeah. and I always wonder like, oh, what questions will I ask? How many circles? I always wonder <laughs> how many people want, well, a main question that I actually always think is I wonder how many near-death experiences I had that I had no idea oh, were near-death experiences. But I definitely want to ask, how many people did I encounter in my life that were actually incredibly dangerous and I had no idea? That's a good question. Well, there are statistics about that. Like, I know. I just want my... Per- I'm, I know. I'm I a know. narcissist and want my personal no, information. No, I know. It is an interesting... But even to know that, like, statistically speaking, we yeah. all have... Walked past a murderer like or that. something. Yeah, yeah. But then you also wonder what those backstories are because sometimes it's not a like... A murderer, it doesn't necessarily mean Ted Bundy, right? Right. Sometimes it means like... Defense or whatever. Yeah. Or yep. like drunk driving even or who knows. Right. There yeah. was like an accidental murder right. and like... Yeah. Or murder to protect your family or... Ah, oh, just crazy. Crazy, crazy. <sighs> okay. <clears throat> so anyway, so he didn't believe that she was a detective essentially is the point. Sure. And she's like, fuck you. So, meanwhile, neighbors were going on the news saying police definitely had the wrong guy. So, even after this guy was caught, you know how usually people are like, oh, I knew something was up, even right. when they didn't? They Everyone were was like, shocked. No, this, they're wrong. This can't be him. Wow. His wife seemingly had truly no idea. He was that good at leading a double life. His colleagues were absolutely baffled. They couldn't believe it. <gasps> oh, my God. It was the cat. Jesus oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. He put his sweet little paws on my leg, and I, like, definitely ruined any chance of a friendship oh, with him. I think honey. I decked him right in the face. Honey. Oh, his little his little wet nose definitely hit my hand when I freaked out. Okay. I feel so bad. Oh, he's okay. I thought you saw him, because I saw him. No, his little paws got... He was going to try to jump up. I really... Oh, my God. Sorry. I feel so bad. I just want to be friends with you, and I totally just shot that in the foot, didn't I? That's okay. Oh. He's used to getting kicked around by the dog. Oh, I'm so sorry. Sorry, anyway. Eva, for your like ears. She's probably jumping <laughs> in her jumping in her apartment. Oh, that was just it was such a gentle little touch too. Honey. Okay, anyway, the he cats. was a misogynist. Okay, yeah. Let's try again. So all of the neighbors are like, no, Shocked. there's no way. So remember um the survivor Susie who I said she told her story about right, right, being right. on the on the path, on the bike path. So she said uh, she ran to the TV when she heard that he had been caught. And really? she instantly, she said she recognized his eyes because she remember she had said. Yeah, because they were like really dark and angry. Yeah, she said she'd seen the anger and hatred in his eyes. So she said she saw his face, instantly recognized his eyes, even from decades prior and fell to the floor crying <sighs> with relief. Right, of course. So I mean, you got to always wonder, is he coming back? Just to live in fear that that person's still out there. You have no idea who it is. Right. And he's in the community. I mean, that must be just terrible. So, ultimately, Altimio Sanchez admitted to raping between 13 and 20 women since the 80s. Jeez. Though he couldn't be prosecuted because the statute of limitations had run out. However, he pleaded guilty to second-degree murder in the strangulations of Linda Yalem, Majane Mazur, and Joan Diver. He said, quote, Whatever sentence I get today, I deserve. I know I'm going to be spending life behind bars, never to see the streets again. But I did these crimes, and I should pay for these crimes. And he was sentenced to 75 years to life in prison. It's almost weirder when they agreed. I, I can't tell either they 
it makes it less black and white. I don't know what it yeah. is. It's like rubs me the wrong way. It rubs me like cause unless they're apologetic. Even then, when they're apologetic, I I don't believe it. It doesn't seem sincere because otherwise, why would it's you like, murder all these you people? To, fuck you for apologizing and trying to get like a good in the good graces of anyone. Like, right, but then also if you don't care, it just shows how sinister you are. Yeah, but then also this when you're like super factual about it, it's right. just. I guess to me, I translate like being super factual as not being emotional and so then it rubs me the wrong way because yeah. it's like you're taking it so matter of factly that it's like yeah it's so casual and like you yeah. don't seem to regret it but you also don't seem to be proud of yourself yeah it's like when they say oh i did the crime so i should go to jail it's like well yeah it's like, but then the why did you do mean? it to begin yeah. with like we're not impressed. but you could have not had to pay for the crimes by if you didn't do right. the crimes and no one's impressed with your skills of deduction that you know that it's like crime <laughs> means jail time like i don't really understand the point of that statement very anyway. weird yeah, so all of it rubs me the wrong way in different ways. Oh, it's just sick. Anyway, so unfortunately, this is actually very sad. Um, another man was already in prison for two of the rapes that Altimio had oh, actually committed. Oh no! Um, and he spent over two decades in prison. Two decades for crimes he did not commit. Uh, he maintained his innocence the entire time. Uh, his family was fighting to get him freed. Um, and he was finally exonerated in March 2007. Um, and his name was Anthony Capozzi. Anthony Capozzi. So he was exonerated finally um, after over 22 years in March God. 2007, which is just. And there was actually a lawsuit settled for, I think, like $4.25 million or something, a wow. civil lawsuit about it. Um, and because the lawsuit took so long and it was. They wanted to expedite the lawsuits in the future. They created a bill called Anthony's Law, which oh. was meant to, like, if in a scenario like this, meant to expedite a lawsuit, uh, like a civil lawsuit about right. false imprisonment. Okay. So, anyway, as for Altimio Sanchez, he is currently imprisoned at the Clinton Correctional Facility in the Adirondack Mountains of New York State. Wow. It's been said that he may be moved to a facility closer to his family if he confesses to further murders, which mm. is, like, great. Ugh, okay. Fun fact. He has an IMDb page <laughs> uh-huh. because he played himself in a TV documentary. Shut up. I How? know. I looked it up and I was like, who wants to be on set with that guy? My first thought was, oh, it must be an actor who has an unfortunate name that right. is similar. And then I looked at the page and it was like, it says himself himself. And it's like a crime documentary. And I'm like, but a lot of criminals like are in crime. They don't have IMDb pages. I just thought that was so weird. I don't know if he went on the prison library and made himself an IMDb right. pro profile. I don't know. But I thought that was so weird. Oh, it doesn't have weird. a photo or anything, but it has like credit. Anyway, so that's the story of Altimio Sanchez, the bike path rapist who was at large for three decades worth of crimes. Wow. And was finally caught, unfortunately, after too many rapes and murders. But wow, he's behind bars. Um, and because he is an asshole, Scorpio, I have a horoscope today, but it is a Gemini scope. Well, that makes the most sense. Because I, I figured it's about time we get some some guff attention. I like so. how I said Scorpio, and then you said Gemini, and I was like, they're the same. You're like, what? What's the difference? <laughs> I was like, I'm so flippant with my opinions these days. Geo and me, what's the difference? Geo really just ruined my opinions. He really softened my heart. I know he really got your Grinch heart. I like, I liked having something to mm. believe in, but now it's just, it's just all blended together. Now you can just believe in the Mars missions. I do <laughs> to this day. Okay, so this is our horoscope because we've spent so much time apart. Aw, Gemini. <clears throat> Leaping into action is exhilarating today. You're eager to channel your energy into working on a fundraiser, community project, or humanitarian effort. 
which is what I call this podcast. Oh, well then, yeah, valid. Humanitarian effort, indeed. Well, then I guess so far this is a correct, a correct guess. You're welcome, humanity. <laughs> when an enthusiastic friend or relative does such an excellent job selling an idea, you're welcome. Uh, oh. <laughs> it's no wonder that you're psyched to pitch in and lend a helping hand. Yeah. Today is a day to bond with your close friends. Hey, yeah. Uh, open joint bank accounts. <laughs> what? <laughs> Open joint bank accounts. Why don't we do that? Let's merge all our money. <laughs> Strike deals and make plans for a bright future. Okay. Uh, we'll do some of those things. You will be at the top of your game in almost everything you do. Oh. Some of you who want to go into further studies. No. No. no we've done enough of that. No, no, May take a well-informed decision today. <laughs> okay. We've already done the further studies. Right. Now we just need to join our bank accounts. We are oh. getting married. We are. We really should just legalize it all. We do have a joint bank account. That's true. We do. I mean, a business one. We have a business account. Yeah, that counts. All right. Thanks, astrology. Thanks, astrology, for knowing us better than us. Ugh. Anyway, so that's the story of Altimio Sanchez. Thank you for requesting it, Charlie. I hope. Yeah. I did a decent story. Yeah. Cover of it. I liked it a lot. It's pretty wild. Very sad. Um, you do it this time. Okay, so you can um, find us on social media at ATWWD Podcast. We're on Twitter, Instagram, um, on Facebook, and that's where you drink. Uh, you can email your listener stories to, and that's where you drink at gmail.com, and Eva will read them, and potentially we might use them in a future listener stories, which we release at the first of every month. Um, you can check out our tour schedule at, and that's where you drink.com slash live. Uh, our Patreon is ATWWD Podcast. Um, our merch is, and that's what we drink at bigcartel.com. Live shows. I said that already. Oh, well, I wasn't listening. I was just like, I was just breathing. I was like, oh, finally, I don't have to do it. Uh, I don't know. I think that's it. I think that's it, guys. Uh, check us so out good on at the it. internet. <laughs> <laughs> on, the wor- on the ARPANET. <laughs> on the ARPANET. The World Wide Web. On the DARPANET. The DARPANET. Um, Yeah. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for putting up with a, a two-parter from me. That was fun. Um, let us know if you like them. I can do those more often. We I can't could. wait to see a lot of you guys in person, too, soon. Yes. Give please, you big hugs. Please buy tickets to shows that currently have tickets. I don't know at what point where tickets will be standing once this comes out. But please come to our second Houston show. No, this is already over by then. Ah, damn. <laughs> please come to our Boston show at the Wilbur uh, February There's 2nd. Probably no tickets left, but you can try fingers crossed that there, there's no tickets just come left to our but shows. also fingers just go crossed look on the internet please i think that's it i think that's it too guys thank you for listening and thank you for uh listening oh <laughs> we should put that on a shirt double entendre <laughs> <laughs> okay and that's why we drink did you know that delaware has endless discoveries the first state invites you to explore miles of beaches and boardwalks dozens of unique breweries award-winning restaurants some of the country's best state parks beautiful garden estates and even tax-free shopping there's plenty of fun for the entire family and more find trip ideas and all the info you need to plan your delaware discoveries at visit delaware.com